The following has been brought to you by SJP World Media. Hello. Hello, Magsy. How you doing, mate? All right? Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. Glad it's a Monday so we can get this amazing modern wrestling out of the way. It's not that old, 88, is it? Very, um, very, very nearly 89. <laughs> very <Yeah>. nearly. <laughs> very yeah. nearly. I mean, we'll get there. Yeah, well, we, we've looked at wrestling from that time period before. And we will again. I know, and I've hated every <laughs> minute of it. <laughs> oh, man, you're, not one of those... <laughs> you're not one of these that just thinks, you know, wrestling started in 1998, are you? No, I know it started early. It was just shit. Very shit <laughs> in, back in them days. <laughs> no, not all of it, mate. Not all of it. I mean, some of it was granted, but not all of it. Oh, dear me, dear me. Yeah, Monday night, mate. Looking forward to this. Buzzing. Yeah. I want to poll again. That's exciting. We've got a good non-wrestling topic. Win, win, lose. I mean, win. Yeah, well, yeah. Wild a few people up, apparently. <laughs> oh, it it, it uh, <laughs> certainly got... A lot of people use this week's non-wrestling topic to air their hatred for things. Mm. Uh, especially MGB Graham, he tickled me today with his. Yeah, but we'll yeah, get had there. A bit of a, had a bit of a vent, didn't they? Had a bit of a vent. Some of these, uh, the some people from the CWF, yeah, venting their their hatred angry, or whatever. Angry wrestling nerds, the ass. Yes, indeed. But it's good because, <laughs> as I mentioned on Twitter, it's a two-part on wrestling topic. So we've already sorted next week's, which we'll talk about in a little while. You know, we might actually bring it out on the show, oh. but don't. Don't, what, don't answer on the show. Do it on Twitter. What a off, bloody yeah. good idea that two-part topic was. Hey, it was, yeah. I said that at the time, didn't I? Yeah, no, I'm just saying it was a bloody good idea. I believe the message I sent back to you was, that's inspired. It is. You're very right. It was inspired. <laughs> so there you go, look. Yes, praise for it's due, my friend. It was all you. It was all you. But we'll come to that shortly, won't we? We will come to that shortly. Because I suppose we better start the show, my friend. We shall.
afternoon, good evening, good morning, wherever and whenever you may be listening or watching from. This is Chain Wrestling Live with Mags and Sight, an SJP World Media Production, episode 96. I am Sight, and with me as always is the Super Clash to my Super Dash. Normally when I hear that bell for last orders, because that's the only time in my life when I run, mm. my friend. The only time in my mm. life when I run. Or when you've had a kebab and it's uh, it's kind of hit the wrong note and it's uh, a super dash to the toilet. Well, yeah, I mean, to be honest, I didn't even run then. I just had to shit myself. Uh, <laughs> just, the Jerry Lawler. Let it go. <laughs> let it go. <laughs> the Jerry Lawler. So my waist is not getting smaller, probably because of those dodgy kebabs. <laughs> a podcaster who never stops any activity due to excessive blood loss, or so I've been told. Apparently there's videos yeah. online. The Podfather himself, Lord Mags. How are we, sir? Yeah, I'm uh, excited to be here. So uh, yeah. been looking forward to this episode because of the amazing wrestling we get to watch. No, it's been good. It's been a, a quite a, a relaxed week and uh yeah, get to start a fresh week doing the best wrestling podcast in the history of the world. In the, in the history, history of, of, the, the world. of our great sport. Exactly, mate. Exactly. Nobody can compete with us, especially when it comes to not talking about wrestling on a wrestling <laughs> podcast. Oh, on that note, actually, have you seen it? Look at this. Look, look at what my wife made. I got a cool little chain wrestling mug. Can you see? Can you see? I have got a similar mug. You have, yeah. And it's got the chain wrestling logo there, all shiny and clever. And then it says SJP World Media there, and then it says. Um, I don't know if you can make that. Out. This is a wrestling. This podcast. This is a wrestling podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and my name there, look. So yeah, awesome, brilliant work. And you can get all sorts of stuff like that from Sharon at rbfluxuries.com. Contact her directly, and she might even make you a chain wrestling beaker for a price. Obviously, yeah. you know we got bills to pay. As MGB Graham pointed out, you know my uh, <laughs> my gas bills rising. <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly and he can't afford jumpers <laughs> no no mate no i'm actually sat here in shorts at the moment because it does get so warm up here you know i know you don't need gas down in gloucester do we not no no i'll tell you what you, if you, you sat think... there in shorts you clearly don't need <laughs> you saying gloucester and, and, and on about the farmer side of things right uh literally this week at work where i work in in brockwork in gloucester there's as you can imagine, we're, 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 there's lots of fields, and I'm literally at the base of the hill where they do the cheese rolling. Is where I'm, I'm working. That Brockrip is that area, and I knew there were cows and farms and stuff around, right? Because you can hear them sometimes. But like this movie. week, yeah, exactly. That, that is what they do. Yes. <laughs> but this week, I went out to the the front car park, perhaps not in the skip, and they were so loud it was insane. I didn't realise that literally the hedge at the end of our car park is where they are. These cows are like not even 20 yards from me, just milling around whilst I'm working away. So I am literally in. Uh, Mar, uh, what are you doing there, Sai? <laughs> yeah, what are you chucking in the skip there? Yeah, so literally, all those times I've said about, you know, I don't work on a farm, everyone's like, like this is lost a stereotype and all that. I'm only 20 yards away from a collection of cows. <laughs> well, you don't technically work on a farm, although no. three sides of your building is surrounded by cows and sheep. Well, no, it's just one side, and that's like a car park over, so, yeah. But, yeah, I, I just thought I'd mention that, mate. Lots of cows, it was cool. Uh, yeah, I'm glad you're not living up to that that stereotype of being <laughs> farm country. 
<laughs> no, mate, not in the slightest, not in the slightest. Uh, who have we got with us early doors there, Mr. Mags, in the chat? Right, let's have a quick look. So, Sharon, the, the first lady of the CWF, it's Monday, you know what that means. And then the second lady of the CWF, Dan Griffin, <laughs> Look at this pair of glorious bearded bar students. And he also says 1988 is older than him. So, yeah, we're watching wrestling that that Dan wasn't even around to see the first oh. time around. And he will probably never watch this the second time around either. Connor from Connor Osaka is in the is in the house. Hello, Magnus. Hi, hello. Hello. Hello to you, sir. Uh, Sharon says, shut up, Dan. I mean... That should be just a mantra for, for everybody. <laughs> just not even any context needed. Just shut up, Dan. Um, Charlie saying hello specifically to me. Not yeah. not even slightly bothered how a, how a dad is. Just to me. So hello, Charlie. How are you? <laughs> Cam saying uh, good evening, CWF. Can't wait for this evening after one stupendously sharp Monday. Oh, that's oh, no. uh, uh, sad to, to hear. Hope, you, hope we bring a little bit of comedy into into your day uh and a teeny tiny bit of wrestling teeny tiny uh, bit. dan says this is a wrestling podcast you sit on a throne of lies and uh mark wrestling jeebus hello sir how are you as a yorkshireman i'm never more than uh, 15 meters away from a field with the cows in that's amazing i've gone off for some reason you've disappeared mate yeah i don't You're, know uh, why but my cam my cam uh, unhooked itself for some reason. Uh, yeah, so Mark, as as a Yorkshireman, he's never more than fifteen meters away from a cow with fields. Do you know actually where I live? Uh, all all of our kind of like street is surrounded by fields, and there's a hell of a lot of cows. And just a bit further down, there's a, someone's got uh, like a, a pen, and they've got a horse and one sheep who live in this pen, and they, it's like the odd couple. Um, so, <laughs> so when me and my wife go for a walk every night, there, this horse and sheep are always kind of like playing chase and like, um, just like trying to wind each other up. It's properly funny. They just brilliant two animals who you won't think would be friends and yeah, they, they live there together. Um, Dan Griffin says, Go fuck yourself, Mags. I will not be silenced by you. <laughs> it wasn't actually me. I think you'll see there that it was Sharon that made the comment. I just agreed with it. All right. <laughs> Uh, new CWF t-shirt shut up Dan I mean not even <laughs> CWF that should be a t-shirt for literally any wrestling show any show that Dan rocks up to it should say shut up Dan not even uh, just that, wrestling shows it should be readily available in Asda in Primark <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when, when you have a kid this should be issued and shut up Dan t-shirt um dan then says uh i'll let sharon silence because she's more likely to kick me in the knackers very very true um and dan also then uh, looking after his brother saying cam trouble i can relate to that uh and cam says rude so yeah that's who we've got in the chat for mm. now i'm sure many more will pop in yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Your camera's moved, Maxie, and I can see all those glorious title belts behind you. Look at that. I know, it's really weird. Um, I'm trying to level it out, but there we go. I you turned into a little a little talking SJP World Media globe, you turned into. And then every time you spoke, it flashed. Brilliant. Is it not That's working quite... now? No, it's working now. Mm. I'm just, when, you, when you disappeared for that couple of seconds. I, I'm going to see now, is that... Better. There you go. My little head there. 
technical difficulties it almost looks like with the way you set up the screen today with that brilliant picture of this this match that we're going to review later on obviously your window is above jerry lawler where he's holding mm-hmm. his crown and so on and where he's kind of poised with his arms out it almost looks like jerry lawler's just holding your little potato head up Fuck off with the potatoes. After that, <laughs> that picture that was made of us to look like potatoes, that was shockingly bad. Was I, I don't think I there was that. much, there wasn't much Photoshop needed because no. we are very potato looking. Uh, I think so. Yeah, I mean. I'm going to have to start um, doing the graphics to make sure we blend into the pictures in the background from now on. It is. It's going to have to be that way, I think, because I'm I'm currently, what What would I be? Kerry Von Eric's nipple, I suppose, looking at that? Or his half of a foot. It's, well, no, because I'm too high for his half a foot. It's down there, isn't it? Yeah, but the the half might be stuck. I mean, stuck. You see, <laughs> the, the motorbike one... crash was that bad, his half a foot left his ankle and lodged in his chest. <laughs> you would be his peck, wouldn't you? You'd be one of his, his pec. glorious pecks. Yeah, he was put together, that fella, wasn't he? Fair play. Ah, uh, he was indeed. He was indeed. But we need to get on with the show. <laughs> Whatever Sire's done, Kerry Von Eric disapproves. <laughs> he does yeah, not look pleased. Not Kerry a happy bunny. Not a happy bunny whatsoever. <laughs> he does look like he's kind of looking down upon me. And I'm used to people pulling that face at me, to be fair. But that's... <laughs> Magsy, speaking of things that people disapprove of, Shall we uh, get rid of some absolute dog dirt and throw it away in the old chain wrestling hall of lame? Let's do it. The hall of lame. I indeed, I indeed. Maxie, what you got for us? Okay, so... um, in the tail end of the 90s, like 1997, 98, um, a TV production company called Nash Entertainment, um, they teamed up with NBC to release uh, a program that ended up being a quite a big hit. Um, the program was called um, the, the Breaking the Magician's Chord, The Secrets uh, Behind the Mask Revealed. So the follow-up to this, Nash uh, Entertainment thought they would uh, they would enter the world of pro wrestling. So again, they teamed up with NBC to uh, to bring out a show called Exposed: Pro Wrestling's Greatest Secrets. <laughs> now um, you can't rightly call yourself a wrestling fan if you have not seen this this brutal expose on on the the world of pro wrestling um but before it's we even cold. get before we even get to the the actual show um nbc uh, uh wanted this to be a touring brand um so all the the characters that are on the show which we'll go through in a minute they're actually all trademarked uh they actually wanted to go on tour with this as a wrestling company uh and the we all know the world of wrestling is very kind of insular, very uh, closed off. A lot of kind of uh, respect is given to um, what happens behind the curtain. So to uh, to get some wrestlers to give up the secrets of the business, the the TV production company actually pitched it to to the wrestlers as 
a, a working wrestling show. Um, oh. But they said in the contract, the the style of the show uh, will be subject to change. Uh, and when um, the wrestlers realized that the show was going to be this expose and kind of like uh, tearing the, the wrestling world asunder, uh, a couple of them went to the producers and actually threatened to sue um, and got themselves a, a bigger payout because the fact is, wrestlers are not bothered about who knows the secrets of wrestling. They're bothered about a payday uh, and (laughs) they got a payday. So the company that, um, that Nash entertainment uh, went to for the, for the wrestling was a a wrestling company called APW. Uh, We've actually had some biggish names go through. And so I want to basically lay down the, the main players in this show. So there was a total of nine wrestlers, um, brute force, um, was one of them. He was actually Gary Wolf, Pitbull number one. Okay. Um, then we had the all American boy who was, uh, kind of like a, 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 a wish version of, uh, the Patriot. Um, that was a guy called Marky Henderson. He worked for AAA, uh, OVW and did some enhancement, uh, work for WWF. Then you had, um, Colossus who was actually a wrestler called Max Payne. He, again, did some WF enhancement, but he also worked for Pro Wrestling Noah. Private Justice was actually one of the more successful ones. That was Mark Modest. Uh, you might know him from another um, scathing wrestling documentary. He was on uh, the the Bret Hart uh, documentary, Wrestling with Shadows. He was one of the tryout wrestlers that uh, Vince and Jim Ross uh, had a look yeah. over. You had Skull Duggery. Uh, he was Pitbull number two, Anthony Durant. Uh, ben Hurt um, was actually one of the more successful ones. That was actually a um, former wrestler and actually current uh, authority figure in the WWE, Adam Pierce. Oh, okay. You had uh, a, a buddy called Brash Knuckles, and that was actually, I think, the, the booker slash owner of APW, a guy called Doc Savage. Uh, and then the most successful one was uh, uh, the wrestler Slither, and that was uh, the Fallen Angels, Christopher Daniels. Why? Okay. Uh, you it. also had, yeah, uh, you also had uh, the Booker of, in the show. That was Harley Race. Uh, he didn't bother trying to to hide who he was. He was there just for a payday to shit on the <laughs> business. Uh, and the actual voiceover guy. Um, was the same person who did Salem the Cat from um, uh, Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Just okay. no, nothing. Brilliant. Um, I love that sort of stuff. What do you want me to do? <laughs> you're like, wow, that is amazing. <laughs> no, it is. I like. I love shit like that. You know that. <laughs> um, to to start the show, the 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 deception. Um, goes over the five basic moves that every wrestler needs to know uh, to pull the rug over the, the, the fans' eyes. So they need to know the body slam, and you need to make sure the head is tucked and that you land flat on your back. You need to know open fist punching, which is where you uh, basically give you have no power behind your, your punch and you barely actually make contact. You need to know about stomping. Uh, that's to add 
the uh, the illusion of impact and the sound of a punch um, making contact. You also need to know uh, how to kick, which is uh, how to make it look realistic, and and your opponent has to protect the their head and their body with their arms. And then you need to know the last of the the five basic moves is the headbutt, where you oh, right. you essentially headbutt your own hand, uh, fully protecting the head of your opponent. Um, throughout the show, you get like they kind of like intersperse um, the segments with other moves that they that they expose. Um, they could they do like the the splash, uh, backdrop, uh, flying uh, crossbody. Uh, a bulldog, Hurricane Rana, uh, Hogan's super leg drop, uh, and also the backbreaker. So they really go out of the way to expose all the big hitting moves of the wrestling business. Um, this show is actually, and I think it's an hour long, but if you watch it on YouTube, it's about 45 minutes. Uh, and they, they really tear into, into the wrestling business. They, they, uh, tell people that the booker hands out signs for the fans, which uh, was something that the producers were told by uh, Harley race. Um, even though it's, it's not true. The fans actually do take their own signs. Um, they, they go about how, uh, how uh, stomping is a very important part of the matches. It, it, like I said, it shows the illusion of impact. They tell us the difference between the baby faces and the heels, the good guys and the bad guys. They tell us how folding steel chairs should be used. So you hit people in the meat of the back and make sure you don't go uh, for the head. Uh, but the but the wrestler taking the, the, the chair shot has to pretend he's been hitting the head. So maybe they should have run that past like The Undertaker and The Rock when they mm. just swang for the fences and, and essentially killed people. Um <laughs> They tell us as well how uh, you can gimmick foreign objects, uh, and they use in this example a trophy, uh, which is about six foot tall, and it's been sawn in half and then glued back together, so it shatters into a thousand pieces. Wow. We we then learn about blading, uh, how you juice, which is to intentionally make yourself bleed. Um, we also then learn about heat, how a wrestler can, uh, can, uh, badmouth the town or badmouth the opponent to get, uh, to get the fans to boo him. We, we hear that the most in, uh, important part of the match is the sell that r- the wrestlers have to sell the moves and sell the, the pain and the agony. We get an expose about salt um, how when it's thrown in people's eyes, it's not actually salt. It's usually talcum powder or chalk. It's just, right. it, it's riveting watching. Um, we we are told about how the 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 ref, the announcers, and the wrestlers are all communicating uh, in the ring to to make sure everybody knows what they're doing there's a there's a a, a great example where uh one of the wrestlers is down on the floor uh, he's got his opponent in the headlock and he's going go on ref ask him ask him uh he quits headlock uh no and then uh i'm gonna beat you up duck the punch uh honestly it's 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 eye-opening this is how the wrestling business worked i've just never understood it 
we then get into like the mechanics of the wrestling ring. Um, they show the 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 ring posts are not actually the, the the turnbuckles are not hard. So when you see a wrestler get slammed into them, it doesn't hurt because it's it's foam padding. I mean, I've never watched George Animal Steel rip one to bits, so clearly mm. that was new to me. You also learn that uh, the the wrestling ring is covered with thick layers of pads on top of loose fitting uh, wooden plow uh, plywood. So it's it's like being slammed on a, a mattress. No pain in that whatsoever. There's also a big spring in the middle that helps the <laughs> ring bounce. So you see that it shows the impact. And oh also, there's a microphone under the ring that's linked to the sound system of the, of the uh, stadium that, that makes it sound way more echoey and painful than it actually, than it actually is, which is just... <laughs> Yeah, it's, you just don't know these things until you watch this this show. The, coming towards the end, they do uh, show uh, the real life of wrestling, um, that people do get injured and uh, the wrestlers do actually risk their their health on a daily basis. Um, and we get a kind of uh, almost like a Dr. Uh, David Schultz style where if you want to question whether wrestling is real, come and ask him. I don't think mm. he slaps anyone down or he doesn't like choke out an Iranian TV producer, but he does say that. But the piece, the resistance to this show, uh, they talk about the planted stooges in the crowd that are used to draw heat. Um, and the most famous of those planted stooges, one that you see time and time again in the wrestling business the infamous stunt granny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this this woman puts her life on the line to sell this story. She's pushed over and the two rest two people behind her are also in on the in on the gig. They catch her to make sure she don't hurt herself, but that draws nuclear heat to the wrestler. But if you watch in slow more, you'll see that that stunt granny is helped carefully to the ground and she gives a slow wink to the wrestler as a job well done the slow wink yeah so this show actually aired in uh november uh 1998 um and the day after um it was actually mentioned on both natural and raw um more the majority of the wrestling business kind of like brushed it off but uh ernest the cat miller um he said in what in his promo uh to the audience oh my god now you know all our secrets and then mick Fowler, um he was uh doing a uh, an interview spot with al snow and they said that they didn't do so well last week um but this but now they know the secrets of professional wrestling and they've been revealed to him <laughs> and as they ended the the interview um they also uh, made fun of doing a uh, the stomp um to to sell uh, the story um officially the wwf actually did issue a statement saying that uh nbc has had to hire a bunch of bitter masked wannabe pro wrestlers that couldn't make the cut and the secret to uh, professional wrestling was that all of the WWF stars sacrificed their body and soul to entertain the fans. It was also reviewed by the Canadian Online Explorer, which was actually 
massively critical of the special and said that uh, they didn't believe there was anything that fans didn't already know and that wrestling crowds are, are more than willing to suspend their belief. Uh, they also said that the producers actually insulted uh, the viewers that they they tried to educate. Um, and that's why I think it's it should go in. Uh, whilst now, looking back, it's funny to watch because of how over-the-top and ridiculous it, it is. At the time, this show... It it absolutely took the piss out of its the the people they were trying to get to watch. Yeah, I mean, who who was this show aimed at? It was aimed at wrestling fans, and the the way that the 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 um, the narrator mocks wrestling fans for not knowing these secrets, uh, and and then mocks the wrestlers, calls them uh, multiple times lugs and idiots and, and meatheads. They, they just seems that they they wanted this show to absolutely mock not only uh, the content, but the audience. So for that reason alone, it's got to go in. But for the fact of how carny it made wrestling look and how ridiculous um it, it 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 treated wrestling fans as as idiots. I mean, yeah. most wrestling fans knew everything that was on it, so nothing was actually being exposed apart from the 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 bias of the the TV producer. So, for me, this week's entry is exposed pro wrestling's greatest secrets. And the thing for me as well is, it's almost like they think they're exposing this 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 business and talking about these, these big secrets that they're going to reveal. But half of the stuff they're talking about is nonsense. Anyway, mm-hmm. it's ridiculous. It's uh, yeah. A worthy entrant, Maxi, my friend, a worthy entrant. I, I think I've seen that when you talk about the masked magician, I can picture the guy. And then I can also picture him, uh, in a wrestling ring, the similar sort of mask. And it's kind of like, am I thinking of the right one? And it's kind of almost yeah. like, um, blacked out a little bit. And when he's doing demonstrations and so on, because one thing I saw that really sticks in my mind, if I'm thinking of the right documentary is that they were trying to say that the, the, the masked wrestler guy, look how he sends messages to his opponents on the other side of the ring before they tie up. And he's tapping his shoulders and his chest and all this sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's like, they use the referee. Yeah. Well, they were saying, he was saying like, they, he's, there's, he's there's one part where, where they do. Yeah. They use the words that they, they pass messages, uh, the referees involved, or like I said, they'll touch a, a part of the body or they'll actually kick a part of uh, the opponent's body to say, took this arm in because I'm going to be doing a, a certain move and you don't, I don't want to hurt you. So yeah, they, they talk all the time with each other. Mm. Well, that's, that's the thing. What I, what stands out to me, what I remember anyway, if I am thinking of the right show, is that they were literally saying that when before they tie up, the wrestler was just tapping himself, tapping his arms and his chest and patting himself down. And that was sending signals for the next sequence of moves. I mean, if that, well, obviously that's bullshit, but can you imagine if that was correct? Uh, Arn Anderson spends probably 25% of every wrestling match he has tapping himself all over the place. How much of a message is he sending out? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's like, how much encoded <laughs> stuff is he sending in one hit? You know? <laughs> I think we're losing you again there, Magsy. You're going all slow-mo and garbled and can't quite hear you either. Is, is so, that, you can hear me? 
Cod. Oh dear, dear, dear. Okay, uh, everybody in the chat, if you can just comment, let us know. Is it my internet or Mags' internet that seems to be playing up? I can't quite hear Mags. Looks like he's frozen now. Um, just so let us know. But yeah, okay, Mags, you are frozen again there on my end, my friend. Okay, so I don't know if you can hear me or not, bud. But I will assume I'm still with everybody. Ah, Cam in the chat there saying it's Mr. Mags. I, I will assume that I am still with everyone then. And uh, yeah, I'll get on with my Hall of Lame entrant. And I suppose I'm literally just talking to the CWF at the moment till Magsy returns. Are you back, Mags? Hopefully. Uh, my internet is playing silly beggars, so hopefully it'll st- it will stay strong. Yeah. Okay, excellent stuff. Uh, my entrant into this week's Hall of Lame. I can still hear you, mate. Okay. All good? I think there's yeah, a bit of a good? lag, though. Okay, no worries. Well, we can deal with that. We've done it before, haven't we? So, um, My entrance into this week's Hall of Lame. Normally, I try and give a bit of a background and explain a few things before I put forward the name of what I'm going to throw in. To see if people Bollocks can you do. No, oh, I do. I do. I'll put a little bit of thought into it, mate. But this week... Just you were the pot noodle, remember? <laughs> the pot noodle. I'm literally just going to ask a question here because... Uh, this is again quite a recent uh, gimmick or quite a recent group I'm going to throw into the Hall of Lame here but it's one that I totally forgot existed even though it was incredibly recent it actually happened because it was swept into the carpet so quickly and then the more I thought about it I ended up looking into it a bit more as well I realized just how bad this was at the time and I'm just going to ask everybody out there now who who can remember back in the beginning of AEW who remembers the Nightmare Collective Yeah? Yes. Okay. Now, the Nightmare Collective began when Brandy Rhodes was apparently going to be taking part in a title match and then used her position in the company, and she quite openly stated about her position in the company, to enter Awesome Kong into this title match, which is I thought was great at the time because I'm a big Awesome Kong fan in TNA and so on, so I thought her coming to, to AEW was, was going to be exciting. However, that isn't just where it ended. If it ended with Brandy Rhodes managing Awesome Kong, that could have been quite good. But then we started getting these funny little moments where they would cut their opponent's hair and almost keep them as trophies. And they were talking as well, almost like a voodoo style promo. And, and it was all for a little while. It was, it was a touch atmospheric, shall we say, but there weren't, masses to go on with what we were getting uh, and then obviously like any stable does it gets bigger they add members to the group we had they tried to induct or tried to include uh chris statlander she wasn't interested so they ended up feuding with her for a very short period of time but instead of statlander they brought in somebody called mel from the crowd who offered herself up and sacrificed her hair it was very kind of straight edge society cm punk-esque i guess but the issue was with with Mel was that nobody really knew who she was beforehand, which is, I suppose, the purpose of her coming out of the crowd. But also, she wasn't very good in the ring. Now, Brandy Rhodes, for whatever talents she may have, isn't particularly great in the ring. Okay. Awesome Kong, fantastic in her day. But by this stage in her career, 
She's not in the best physical condition. She's got issues with her knees and she was struggling herself. So then an extra face got added to the group, uh, a fella by the name of Luther, who, again, the majority of wrestling fans, the mass, I suppose, rest, and also the casuals tuning in, would have no idea who this guy was. So effectively, we ended up with four people who didn't really fit together. That's a brilliant Luther impression there, Lies Max. <laughs> we had four people who didn't really fit together trying to play this creepy uh, voodoo-esque hair-collecting kind of gimmick. The whole time, their leader and figurehead, who was always the most important person in any stable, when you think, when you look back across any group of wrestlers, there's always the, the number one individual that is the most important. Brandy Rhodes, who was also the, the main you know, the main speaker, I guess, the main, the main voice to this group. Everyone knew that she wasn't really into this voodoo uh, uh, hair collecting nonsense. She's an executive for the company. And there was also times when you'd openly see her on YouTube and her own stuff, her own social media, and then also on AW television with her husband, Cody. So it made no sense, literally from an on-screen, for the want of a better term, kayfabe standpoint, because they were shooting their own gimmick in the foot by all these extras going on that didn't, I suppose, go along with the, the presence of what they were trying to sell. Now, aside from that, their matches sucked. Pretty much every match that any of them were involved in sucked. It really did. Uh, and I suppose the, the extra nail in the coffin was why were these people created in the first place? Why was this group created in the first place when you had the Dark Order and there already, and then you had the Butcher, the Blade, and the Bunny debuting at roughly the same time, playing a kind of wearing black, creepy kind of group themselves, and also were far better at it. Eventually, the the, the whole thing got brushed under the table, uh, and, you know, Co- uh, sorry, Cody, Brandy Rhodes burnt her gear, as a symbol that this thing was now ending because there was such a backlash against it. It was literally people, not not even a backlash against it as in this sucks. We don't like this. It was literally people. This is shit. We don't care. Yeah. And it just got dropped like a, like a lead balloon gone and to be never spoken about or forgot or or mentioned again, which is kind of the purpose in the hall of lame, I think. So (laughs) my induction this week is Brandy Rhodes attempting to be some kind of more attractive Papa Shongo and leading a voodoo kind of group, um, collecting hair and the nightmare collective. I mean, also on that aspect with regards to the collecting hair and the group in general, can anyone tell me what their motivation was? Cause I can't. Well, if we'd have stuck around and, and got to the end of the storyline, maybe we would have known. Mm, but there we go. That's my induction, yeah. my friend, the nightmare yeah. collective. The Nightmare Collective was fucking awful. Um, it was just a vehicle to get Brandy some TV time. Uh, yeah. And I remember at the at the time people being really angry about it because AEW was new and fresh and people were excited about it. And then this felt like such a departure from AEW, taking all the, the, the kind of steam away from uh, the Dark Order with their kind of like um, their... Um, spiritualist gimmick then you had brander uh an awesome kong who, who i felt so bad for awesome kong because she got lumbered with this mm-hmm. uh mel uh i think was that not cheerleader melissa i'm sure i'm not sure was, uh and luther was literally just brought in because it's one of christian mates from 
uh, from Japan. I think he was like a, a hardcore slash deathcore wrestler. Mm. Um, so yeah, it was just created to give people jobs. Um, Sharon saying, did they not stop because she was pregnant? Uh, no, um, she got pregnant afterwards. Uh, if you talk mm. about Brandon and if you talk about awesome Kong, that was why she quit the WWE. Yeah, when she was called Karma, wasn't it? Yeah, Karma. But yeah, this yeah. I she got released. She got released she from AEW after this this Nightmare yeah. Collective thing happened. She got released, didn't she? Brandy got um, pregnant to stop the angle. Yeah, so Corda <laughs> saved the world again by by getting yeah. his his missus knocked up and ending racism. Yes, that's it. No, I mean the the, the, the Magsy's right. The timeline of her getting pregnant is is later on, isn't it? Because she then attached herself to Cody on screen and was coming out to all of his matches and involved in segments with him for quite a while yeah. beforehand, wasn't it? Wasn't it not long after she was going to fight Jay Cargill? Uh, I think that's when she got I pregnant. Know. I, I think so. Scared anyway, of Jay Cargill. She's a crap wrestler. Uh, <laughs> and she's crap at, at running a, a, a spooky stable. What happened to that AEW heels thing? Because that was her, wasn't it? She started up AEW heels, which is like a, a, a place, a safe place for lady wrestling fans to gather and talk wrestling and so on. But only if you pay $50 a month or yeah. whatever it was. Um, whatever happened to that? Because she's left the company now. Have they just chucked that away or? I mean, they should have chucked it away after the, the first episode. Um, I, I think it's still... Um, they still have like little events and kind of like uh, watch alongs and uh, and Zoom parties. Um, right. Okay. But it's certainly not as as big as it, it was it was made out to be when when Brandy come up with the idea. Mm. Yeah. Well, there we go. But those are your inductions for this week's Chain Wrestling Hall of Lame. We have the is it exposed documentary exposed. exclamation mark pro wrestling's greatest secrets yes and the nightmare collective two very worthy entrants i think magsy two worthy entrants definitely definitely uh let's have a little dive into the chat my friend before we get on to this week's non-wrestling topic and little cross graham um (laughs) so um dan says if he shuts up size down a podcast host. I mean, he's got 14 other podcast hosts, Dan, so he can, <laughs> he can certainly uh, fit in. And then, oh, we've, we've covered that one. Whatever Sai has done, uh, Kerry Von Eric uh, disapproves. He looks like he smelled one of Sai's beer farts. I think Jerry Lawler's also got a whiff of that as well. He don't look amused either, does he? No. Uh, Cam saying, what a show. Rolling back the years, I used to love it as a, as a kid. The magician one that is, yeah, that was that was the problem with Nash Entertainment. They they got this huge hit, and and tried to kind of like capitalize it on on the wrestling one, and it 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 screwed them over essentially because after that they went to doing uh like ridiculous uh kind of mini documentaries like uh the the top tens um most weirdest car chasers and and things like that um yeah it, it properly screwed the company over and it had nothing to do with kevin nash that was literally just bad name only. <laughs> um cam saying that stunt grand there from front row wcw uh in 1996 is far from a stunt granny uh yeah, yeah well I don't think that's the same granny. It's a, a totally different one, but 
that was cringy, wasn't it? The one who's she's pretending to smack Hogan and, yeah, and threatening to like scratch him. Yeah. yeah, it was ridiculous. Um, Mark says, can't believe I've been a fan for 23 years and this is how I found out it's fake. It's not fake. They're exposing no. things that were not true, Mark. Not Wrestling's true at all. Not Ignore fake. People are. Liv in the chat. Hello, Liv. How are you? Hello, Liv. And Cam saying, so this is a wrestling podcast. We yes. keep telling you. Yes. We keep telling you this. They don't believe us. No. Uh, can't wait for Sar to throw out a name and a 30-second justification after this in-depth induction and ask and ye shall receive, as he did Bollet. with the Nightmare Collective. Normally, normally, I give a, a detailed explanation. Oh, no, hang on. I'll hang just on. ask a question. I never use the word detailed. <laughs> uh, Arn Anderson tapping an essay on, t- on his titties. Yeah, but now we know why because he was just practicing to, to get his Glock yeah. out and go pop, pop, pop. Exactly. He was doing the sound effect when he pop, pop, pop. Exactly. Um, so that Mags is out of commission. It's Mr. Mags. Look, I'm getting the blame. Can hear you perfectly, sir. Yeah, we get it. It is, it is actually my internet. They are taking the piss today. Uh, return of the Mags, and it's a stunt router. It is, it is a, <laughs> my router is a stunt router. I might have to drop kick it out of the window. Um, Dan Griffin says, I remember the Nightmare Collective. There was potential there for 45 seconds. There was potential when the, when it come up on the, on the Titan Tron and then Brandy Rhodes walked out and then that's, that's when shit hit the fan. Yeah. It didn't last long, did it? Uh, Dan also says they needed Brutus, the Brutus and Barber Beefcake to tie the barbarism together. Booty, booty, booty. <laughs> no <laughs> way. Oh, Jesus. Uh, and then, Imagine Brandy actually fighting Jade Cargill. It would be a mask. I mean, who leads the dance in that? Both are just terrible, terrible wrestlers. Should we say clunky at best? Piss break. Should we say piss break? <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> oh, excellent stuff. Thank you so, so much to everyone for messaging in and keeping us keeping us entertained, Magsy. Not just uh, the other way around, which we hope we do to these people on a Monday evening. Entertaining us, my friend. It's the reason we we do this, isn't it? Entertainment is subject to change. That's what it always says <laughs> on the bottom of your pamphlets. That's it. That's it. Uh, we should then, I guess, get to this week's non-wrestling topic, my friend. We should. This is a spicy one. It- NWT time. Oh, no wrestling talk here. It's the non-wrestling topic. Lovely. Nice. Lovely. Nice. Oh, lovely. Lovely. (laughs) Oh, that belch gets me every week, man. Um, This week's non-wrestling topic is revisiting an old fave, I guess. We have a couple that we go back to every now and again. Um, well, the other the other ones we haven't done for a while, have we, Maxie? Drunk stories and ask us anything. But no, I know one of those is planned for in a few weeks' time for Chain Wrestling 100. But we will get there. We will get there. This is, as I said, a the first part of a two-parter non-wrestling topic devised by Mr. Mags. And the first part is simply, I don't get it. As mm-hmm. in, you know, things that everyone else seems to enjoy or everyone else, you know, people yeah. around you sing the praises of. And you, you just don't get it. And the example I always use is I'm a big rocker. 
but Led Zeppelin, I don't get it. Yeah. Well, that, that was actually the inspiration for the topic that I always say stuff is brilliant. So that's a, a hint to next week's, but yeah, one of your catchphrases on this show is that you don't get it. Um, well, so I'm not saying it. <laughs> we were playing to that. We were indeed. We were indeed. Uh, yeah, and we've had plenty of responses covering quite a great deal of topics as well, Max, which is interesting. So it's going to be good running through these. Uh, I will go through them in the order they arrived into us on Twitter. <laughs> Your little face. Uh, we start with our good friend Rob from the awesome UTT podcast and UTT Tank, etc. with our good buddy Dan Griffin at UTT Rob on Twitter. And he simply says, Star Wars. Mm. I, do you agree I, I understand i mean i like star wars but i can understand the 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 thought process behind it okay like uh, uh, the first three movies i watched when i was a kid enjoyed them i don't think i'd go back and watch them again but now isn't there like 97 films and all these different spin-offs and a tv series and uh, more tvs so sasha banks is in a tv series i think to do with star the, wars as well the mandalorian yep there's yes. a whole universe around uh, Star Wars now since, uh, since it was bought by uh, Disney, I think. Mm. I suppose with a, a lot of that sort, that sort of stuff, and uh, I'm going to upset Trekkies and Star Wars fans here by banding them in together, but Star Trek and Star Wars, for example, I don't mind a bit. I, I like a couple of the original Star Trek films. I like the original three Star Wars films. But beyond that, not not really for me, mate. But it's hugely, hugely popular, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's very the very Marmite. I think you there's no kind of middle ground. You don't just meh them. You either like them or you hate them with every fiber mm. of your being. Yeah, that's fair enough. Uh, Danny at Scottish Juggalo on Twitter, and this one he's tying it back into wrestling, mate. On the non wrestling topic, look at that. Eh? We are. We are a wrestling podcast. Breaking the rules there, Danny. (laughs) Breaking the rules. Danny says, dirt sheets. People paying for wrestling news. Why pay noted cretin Meltzer? Bloody hell, Danny, say what you really think, eh? Why not? (laughs) It brought out a lot of animosity in this topic. It did, mate. It did. We got people fired up. Uh, Why pay noted cretin Meltzer real money to get speculation, bad takes, and news that will end up on multiple websites just minutes later. Yeah, I can understand that. I can mm-hmm. understand that. But at the same time, with all these sites, and we know the sites that are no good. We know the sites that we can kind of trust, or the, or the reporters that you can kind of, when they put a rumor right there, or they speculate something, you can kind of think, okay, there may be a little bit more meat on the bone there than when we hear it from certain other places. But I could... <laughs> The Meltzer thing, it's not just his rumours and so on, is it? You, you get some articles that he's written and so on in his newsletter, which aren't, which can be fairly interesting. Yeah, I mean, as a as a someone who has a, a wealth of knowledge of the history of the wrestling business, Meltzer is a is a good source. As someone who has an opinion on every wrestling match that there's ever been. Yeah, I couldn't care less about him. As someone mm. who who has news uh, and rumour, 
I think a lot of the time he, he, he uses educated guessing um, and he's not as as resource heavy as he, he claims that he is. Yeah, well, that's fair enough, mate. That's fair enough. And also and Danny, he's an alleged shoe sniffer. According, according to, to Dan, Dan Griffin, Griffin in the chat yeah. there. Yeah, brilliant stuff. Uh, and I, I do agree with Danny as well here saying, why do people spend money on it when it just gets leaked on other sites for, for nothing later on? Not that I've yeah. Everybody making a living though. If you want to pay for Mouse's newsletter, you crack. I'll tell you what, I, I will defend the guy actually. There was some information I wanted for something I was working on, whether it was a um, I think I was I think I was writing articles back in this time, and I subscribed to the newsletter for a couple of months. And I was going back through old issues, and I'm talking way back because he's been doing it for decades, hasn't he? Yeah. Uh, when I lost my job, when COVID hit and we all got all of us got laid off in the place I was at. I didn't know what I was what I was going to do. So the next day, I literally cancelled loads of subscription services, loads of stuff, you know, or tried to reduce the cable bill down, just trying to you know balance stuff out because I didn't. No one knew what was going on. I messaged Dave Mouser or, or cancelled the 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 newsletter just to save myself an extra tenner a month or whatever it may well be. He actually messaged back and said, you know, hope everything's going to be okay, and refunded everything I had spent in the past three or four months. Oh wow! So that. I got to defend Meltzer on that was that was a gesture that I'm not sure if it was Meltzer himself or his person who works for him, but yeah, it was that that he didn't have to do that. I just wanted to cancel what I was doing, but yeah, he he sent the money back, so that was I think that was quite quite good. And ever since then, you've become a Meltzer mark. Oh no, I think the guy's a jackass, but he sent me that <laughs> he sent me a few quid back, sir. So. <laughs> uh, next we have MGB Graham at mgb graham on twitter he says he just doesn't get people in the uk who are complaining about the heating bill increases but will put the heating on before getting a jumper don't get it okay i can appreciate that uh, i'm very much of the mindset of everything's getting more and more expensive i don't want to turn my heating on it's now coming up to mid-october you're starting to think okay at some point it's going to go on the evening's getting colder and so on you could chuck a pair of, you know, a, a jumper on or get a blanket or something. Yeah, signed. But then when it's really fucking cold, you still got to do it. And those prices keep going up and no one's wages are going up. I think we're entitled to have a bit of a moan. Mm-hmm. I mean, I agree. Um, but uh, I'm not in the same boat as pretty much everyone uh, in the rest of the UK because I locked my prices uh, when uh, we switched to uh, having an electric car. Um, you we basically uh, locked our prices for three years, and luckily uh, we're paying pennies compared to what a what a lot of people are paying ridiculous amounts of money for. And yeah, it's uh, it is scandalous the the mm. the stuff that's happening with uh, with energy prices. But um, I, I agree with with Graham to an extent. People wearing layers, but I also think that if you want a warm house you should be able to have a warm house without having to choose between putting the heating on and paying uh another bill or buying some food in uh, i think it's absolutely ridiculous but yeah graham having a having a, a stab there at the working class people you can tell these <laughs> expats who move on to sunnier clams and then shit on britain on the way out ridiculous graham oh, I, I rescind his british hood He's not allowed to call himself British anymore. Because as, you know, as, as a lord, as a 
legit recognised lord, you do have that authority. Well, yeah, allegedly. I am a lord, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, so I hereby... Let it be known, hear ye, hear ye. Oh, no, that's a town crier. Um, <laughs> Should we come Graham back to this? <laughs> is, is, is henceforth banished from the Kingdom of Britain. King, the United Kingdom. The Kingdom of Britain. <laughs> <laughs> do, you want to, do you want to do that again? And I'll just cut that whole bit out. So in the no, audio version, you don't sound like a knobhead. That, that's, how, that's how I have laid down my, my edit Graham, you are hereby banished from the kingdom of, I, I don't want to say Great Britain because it's not great, kingdom of like adequate Britain. Adequate, okay, fair enough. But still continue to listen to the show because we like you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, at, at Millwall Chris one on Twitter, our good buddy Millwall Chris, he says Game of Thrones. And again, it's one of those, I've not seen it, Mags. I, I have seen it and um, I got it for the first seven seasons and mm-hmm. then they ruined it with that that very fast let's get this done and dusted eighth season so i get it for um the earlier part but yeah i didn't get the 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 end of it yeah i, I suppose um chris might be getting at the fact that he's probably seen some of it and just didn't get it couldn't get into mm-hmm. it whereas i've never seen it and I've got no real opinion on it. I mean, it's something that at one stage I was interested in watching, but then we heard it ended shit. So, you know. So you but... didn't get it? No. Well, I suppose. I suppose. There we go. Connor at Connor Knows Footy on Twitter. Uh, just started reviewing some horror movies for a podcast as well, which is quite interesting. So, yeah, check that out as well. Find Connor on Twitter to the links to all his shows there. Connor says, uh, okay, so hear me out. We will do, sir. That's the whole purpose of the show. Um, okay, so hear me out. VAR. I get. Well, I don't need play. to hear any more of it then, because I agree with him. So we'll move on. Oh, oh, shall we? Oh. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> let him have his two minutes. Okay. Uh, you sound really narky and shitty, considering you're agreeing with the guy. No, I. I he just he said, "Hear him out," as if he was having this massive hot take when I fully agree with it, so I didn't need to hear him out. Okay. Well, I'm going to read it anyway. Uh, (laughs) I get why it's in place, but if something is an obvious offside or if a clear goal is scored, I don't know the reasoning for an official to go to VAR and spend five minutes looking at play that we, the viewer at home, can see if it was an offside goal, etc. Now, that, for me, is the issue with VAR. It's the time. How long it takes to get these decisions made when... I'm sat downstairs watching football and we get a replay and myself, my wife and my, my two daughters who are, who are here at the moment can all see, yes, that was offside. That was onside. Like literally like that. So why does it take these guys who are paid decent amount of money? They got far more um, access to the information required than we have. We've just got sky sports or BT sport or whatever it is reruns. Why can we make that decision? within 10 seconds, but it takes them five minutes. It's that that side of VAR is bollocks. Yeah, I can kind of agree. I mean, that's it's the, the time it hasn't really bothered me as much as the ridiculous decisions. Um, I get the reasoning behind VAR, um, but I think it's taken a lot of common sense away from the referee's job. Um, and it's also kind of, 
uh, taking a, away the 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 well known thought of um, of the attacker getting an, uh, having advantage. Um, mm. We just don't see that anymore. I mean, we're seeing decisions that are millimeters um, millimeters like apart. Like some, I, I watched a match live on chain uh, on um, Radio Techers where a person was offside because his arm was in front of the of the uh, the opposing players, a part of his body that he can't score a goal with anyway. So yeah. it's ridiculous. It, there just seems to be absolutely no common sense now with, with refereeing uh, when it comes to, to VAR. Um, I see the point of it. It just has not been implemented correctly at all for me. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Uh, I, I want them to get the right decision, but I don't want them to take that bloody long. These people are paid good money to get the right mm-hmm. decision. Sort yeah. it out. Sort it out. Do you know what I mean? It's it's, it's that from that aspect. But ah, there we go. Uh, Joshua Goodwin at Joshua Goodwin PW on Twitter, our co-host for the NXT Rise and Fall podcast on the SJP World Media Network. And I'll tell you what, we're having a bloody blast recording that. Joshua's insights into certain things. I mean, he's, this week's episode that came out this morning, it comes out on a Monday morning. He ran through certain aspects of how certain matches are put together uh, and so on. It's a fascinating listen. Absolutely. I, mean, I learned so much from doing that show. It, 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 it's brilliant talking to Joshua every week. Uh, he says here, potholing or spelunking? Oh, you can be as rude as you like with me. Okay, so that's that's kind of like um, abseiling, but inside caves. Yeah. When I read spelunking, I very You carefully... thought he meant like trains at the station and catching in my sock. <laughs> I don't really know what I thought. So I carefully Googled it. I was a little bit like, oh God, what's going to come up here? But no, you're right. It was like, you know, going no, through pains and shit. That's disgusting. <laughs> he says he can't think of anything worse would scare him to death. Yeah, and me. I wouldn't like that. I mean, I've been potholing before. Um, a very, very specific, I don't get it. That I mm. mean, but yeah, I can understand the, the thought of being like, um, trapped underground. Yeah, I suppose for some people that can be incredibly terrifying. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I'd hate it. I'm, I'm with Joshua on here. I don't get it. I don't get why people would want to do it. Uh, he also says slasher movies in general do nothing for him. It's a horror movie. Usually, cover your ears, Scottish Danny. Cover yes, your this ears. Is upset him. It's a horror movie, usually without any horror. And by the sequel, you root for the bad guy to eviscerate the horrible teens they encounter. I, I do get that point because yep. Michael Myers in the Halloween films now, he's like... He's the, the hero. Yeah. yeah, he's the hero. And Jason. The and f- by the time you get to like Nightmare on Elm Street, I'm, I'm assuming number three, I think it takes a bit of a turn and everyone starts getting on the side of Freddy a little bit. I mean, Scottish Daniel mm-hmm. will tell us in the chat if I'm right there or not. But I get that. But with slasher movies, especially like the... I mean, you get so many made and so many are shit, but the, the really good, the, the original Halloween, for example the horror isn't about the kill. The horror is about knowing Michael Myers is just behind that door. And it's the buildup. It's the, it, that's the thing for me. It's the actual kill. Isn't the horrific part. Not that I, you know, condone any form of stabbing or violence, Danny, but um, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, isn't it? You know? Yeah. I think a lot of uh, modern day horror films as well. Use way too many jump scares. 
Um, mm-hmm. And it, it just feels like pain by numbers in terms of horror. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't mind slasher movies. No, no, I don't mind them either. Uh, and Joshua also continues people he doesn't get people who like Adam Rose over Leo Kruger. <laughs> We're seeing Leo Kruger, who obviously became Adam Rose in NXT. <laughs> We're seeing Leo Kruger at the moment playing this kind of South African aristocrat in a way character on the very early days of NXT that we just started for the podcast. And it, we just both agree that the guy's fantastic, but not me, not quite as much as Joshua. He thinks this guy is wonderful. <laughs> Maybe that's Joshua's next gimmick. Yeah, yeah, that's a shame. That's a shame. Uh, Dan Griffin at Dan Griffin 21 on Twitter. He says, and this is a spot on take as well. I completely with him on this. I don't get tribalism in fandoms. Mm -hmm. People who make being a fan of one particular show or brand or person, their whole identity to the point they'll trap, they'll perform mad mental gymnastics to be right rather than accept that the thing they love isn't perfect. And that is so spot on. This whole AEW, WWE bickering back and forth. And it's, oh, mate, it's just nonsense, isn't it? Yeah, I agree. Uh, the only uh, way I'd, I'd kind of go against that is in football. Yeah, Magsy coughing his guts up there. Still a bit of a poorly mags, are we? I don't know what it is. I can, every Monday, I just, I might be allergic to chain wrestling. You might be allergic to me. Uh, yeah, could <laughs> um, no, but uh, I, I do agree with tribalism in, in football um, that you should support your team through hell or high water. But yes. yeah, I, I, I understand Dan's point, and I totally agree with him that um, believe just because you like something doesn't mean that, that that thing is the best thing since last bread or that it's perfect, and that other people can't like something totally different. And you need to have a war about it. Um, mm. It's it's ridiculous, uh, and we see that uh, in in wrestling so so much that um, AEW uh, sprang up and gave us an alternative, a new outlet for for being a wrestling fan. And you have to like it and like nothing else, or you have to hate it with every fiber of your wrestling fandom. I don't get it. I like watching some AEW. I also don't like some of it. And the same with WWE, the same with New Japan, same mm-hmm. with any any wrestling. Uh, and that can be kind of linked to any kind of entertainment or, or sport that you you going to war for a company that that doesn't even know you exist. It it, it baffles me. Absolutely baffles yeah. me. And you see some of the insults that get thrown around online as well in wrestling twitter and it's it's embarrassing uh, well first of all it, it, it you also see people who decide to leave twitter close their accounts and so on because of the abuse they get for liking a particular wrestler yeah. or liking a particular company or oh, they're mass terrible. reporting to get people's accounts blocked because mm. they've got a different wrestling opinion yeah ridiculous yeah Unless, of course, that mass reporting is getting someone like DJ Storms blocked because he's a fucking twat and he can get banned. Pitbull, alert! Oh, a teeny weeny. But there we go. There we go. Uh, James at Yamolright on Twitter. Used to be 80s and 90s wrestling. Uh, we found out earlier on that his Twitter handle had changed. I hadn't noticed, so apologies for that, James. Uh, he says he doesn't get 
West Bromwich Albion. <laughs> <laughs> After we go into the, that long explanation about you shouldn't be tribalist in sports, and he's straight away, I don't get West Brom. Brilliant. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, another shape for Star Wars. Yeah, fair shape. Okay. Indian takeaways. No, nope, I'm not about this, mate. I love a good Whoa, curry. Oh, too far, Tony. Mm, we were on board for a moment, but oh dear. I know you've lost us. You've lost yeah. us with that one. <laughs> uh, James says it's always always a sweaty mess. Well, don't have one so hot. Yeah, uh, you, you're clearly getting the wrong curry. Mm. You may yeah, want like- korma. You may want korma, James. I don't like the korma every now and again, just because I like yeah. I like the coconut, but I do prefer it spicier. Mm-hmm. Well, get, ask for coconut in it then. Just get a spicy one with a bit of coconut. I did once, and all they did was literally this one place we used to go to. We don't go there anymore. I said, "Look, I like the taste of the korma, but I want it spicy." Because normally I'd have like a madras or something like that. Because I want to go crazy yeah. hot, you know, like a vindaloo or anything. That's too much for me. But I was like, "Okay, I like the taste of the coconut. Can I have a korma, but just spicier?" So when it arrived, I took the you know little tray thing. You take the cardboard thing off, yeah. There was my korma with just a fuck ton of jalapenos thrown in it. <laughs> I mean, you, you you got what you asked for. Yeah, I was like, right, okay, cheers, fellas. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, James continues golf. Yeah, I, I don't. I'm not. I'm not into golf really. I don't mind golf every now and again. I'm not someone who can sit and watch like a full five day tournament, but um, mm. I don't mind a bit of golf. Disc golf. I fucking hate disc golf. I don't, I don't get that. That's one of mine. Throwing a frisbee into a, a net is not a sport. Mate, honestly, I, some of the, you see stuff coming up on Twitter and that now, don't you? You know, you know how all your devices are always listening to you. They must hear mm-hmm. us talk about disc golf on, on this show because now like Twitter and so on keeps, or Facebook keeps chucking stuff up saying, look at this. You might be interested. And it's these di- disc golf trick shots. And they it's are amazing. Too. They look, they look snazzy, but it's it's not a sport, is it? It's lobbing a frisbee. Well, in that case, then, are you saying that darts isn't a sport? I mean, is it? I mean, it's... it's. I, I watch darts. I don't mind watching darts, but it's not a sport, is it? It's clever. So what would constitute can... a sport, then, to you? It, it can't be a sport if you're throwing some arrows at a board no matter how good you are at getting those arrows where they want to go, if you're also necking six pants, that's not a sport, <laughs> is it, really? Okay. But, but then on that I'd, premise... I'd be world champion. On, on that premise, people drink when they're going around the golf course. So that dis, uh, would, that, would that sort of like, you know, disqualify golf from being a sport? People drink when playing cricket. So does that mean that cricket is what, a sport? People have a... a a part of mild whilst playing cricket. Oh, no, you I, don't, have, like, I have never seen Nasser Hussain or Mark Atherton shotgunning a Jägermaster before hitting a six at Lords. No, I have Ed. seen You're Bobby George or Eric Bristow <laughs> getting a one eighty and then tanking half a pound. So no, I get that, but I'm saying like now the the the, the top elite darts players they don't drink on stage anymore. Okay, but the lower levels, like your your, your county level and, and your, your pub level and so on, dart players, dart leagues, they will be drinking whilst playing darts. So then you also look at uh, lower level golf, local, no, sorry, lower level cricket, sorry, local cricket. Uh, I know a couple of my mates play cricket on, on, you know, on certain Saturdays. 
They'll be taking a case of beer with them and sitting there. Where, sticking out where, where do they put you? You're up to bat. Where do you put your can when you're like facing a, a fast bowler behind no, the that's, wicket? That's fielding. They have a, a, a few crafty cans whilst they may yeah. be catching the ball. Yeah, you, you people in Gloucester are another breed. <laughs> Uh, well, okay. Uh, Dan Griffin, in the... drop my fosters. <laughs> Dan Griffin in the chat there saying people don't drink playing cricket. You mentalist. I've there seen it. I'm talking low levels. I'm talking, right. you know. But this is like Gloucester. You, you've seen it happening. That does not cover the rest of the UK. <laughs> you've seen people chasing cheeses. So, <laughs> yeah, it doesn't kind of translate. It's a fair point. It's a fair point. Do they uh, use a ball of cheese? They use a mini baby bell. Um, yeah. You've seen the adverts, mate. When those baby bells go rolling along, they bounce bad. You know, it's really difficult to hit. Do people drink before cheese rolling? Sharon, you wouldn't do it sober. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a big thing now, though. They have like everyone lining the hill and drinking whilst watching it and so on. Then everyone goes to the pub after. You'll have, yeah, you'll have to come like, to Gloucester and watch the cheese What rolling. the fuck are we doing with our laugh that... <laughs> The most entertaining thing of the year is a lot of blokes breaking their ankles to chase some cheese. <laughs> uh, James continues. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I kind of want a baby bell now, though. Um, James continues. Non-alcoholic Gordon's gin. It's like 15 quid. Just get a bottle of pop. Yeah, I don't understand oh, that either. I mean, gin is grim testing anyway wrong 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 you're wrong you're wrong so if you're gonna have to have that horrific taste you want the alcohol in there whereas there's no point any non-alcohol stuff it's it, i mean why why would you drink non-alcohol lager non-alcohol cider aka apple fizzy apple juice I don't, I've never, ever got non-alcohol brands at all, whatsoever. Are you so addicted to the, the taste of lager that you have to have it without the alcohol? I mean, you just drink I a Bash Shandy, for fuck's sake. Ah, oh, see, I don't mind the Bash Shandy. No, they're grim. They are okay. very, very grim. Uh, the, the whole non-alcoholic <laughs> lager... The, the resident there. alcoholic of the CWF, <laughs> he struggles to understand non-alcoholic drinks. Not even like milk. He, he yeah. doesn't understand why that's not got alcohol in. <laughs> orange, <laughs> orange juice. Why doesn't alcohol I come through the taps? <laughs> <laughs> now, non-alcoholic lager, uh, non-alcoholic ciders, and stuff like that. I can kind of understand why they exist because they're for people who drive and they still have a beer with their mates, whatever. Okay, I wouldn't have one myself, but I can kind of understand where they're coming from from that aspect. But like you were saying, Maxie, spot on about like non-alcoholic gin for fifteen quid a bottle. Give your head a wobble. What are you doing? Well, I, I, that was James, not me. Well, no, but yeah, but you you agreed. You said it's a stupid thing. Oh yeah, I wholeheartedly agree. I mean, gin. Yeah. I wouldn't. I wouldn't drink gin if people pay me. Someone once gave me a bottle of gin for Christmas. And it it got kept in the cupboard and I gave it to someone else the next Christmas un, unopened because it's just Amazing. so revolting. Um, but uh, yeah, Sharon in the wow. chat. 
Go my, my good lady there, my wife Sharon in the chat. Where is it that there's those gins that are the flavored gins? Is it Aldi's or Lidl's or somewhere like that? Oh, I think that's the fad nowadays, isn't it? Everybody, everybody does um, a flavored gin nowadays. I've tried a few of those at my sister's. No, uh, mate, the, the rhubarb one, oh, the rhubarb one's amazing. You dirty Gloucester bastard. <laughs> Dirty Gloucester bastard. <laughs> That's uh, a T-shirt. <laughs> so, so when we moved into this into this house, there was a, a rhubarb patch in the in the garden, and I dug that motherfucker out and yeah, gave the said. rhubarb away because rhubarb is grim. If you have to put five times the weight of the rhubarb to sugar to get any decent taste out of it, then no rhubarb. Who who bit into rhubarb went? Oh, this is lovely. A little bit tart, but yeah, I could really <laughs> see this taking off. You dossers. <laughs> but rhubarb gin is nice. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they do a. Ma- I think it's a mandarin as well, or like a blood orange or something like that as well. That's it's nice. just the. It's the gin. It's the the juniper. I just don't like the taste of the the, oh, okay. the gin. Fair Even enough. though it's technically a, a vodka. Yeah, I'll get you, mate. I'll get you. Uh, yeah, Sharon in the chat there says it was Lidl's. They, I think they won awards for their gin and their rums and stuff like that. Lidl and Aldi uh, regularly win uh, awards for their for their whiskies and, and mm. their vodkas and stuff like that. So, yeah, I can believe it with gin. <laughs> Connor in the chat, I once had rhubarb pie and it was the most bitter thing <laughs> I've ever tasted. It's Not horrible. enough sugar. Not yeah, sugar. <laughs> you, you need you need it to be a sugar pie, and it's been in the same room as some rhubarb to take the horrible taste away. Sugar pie. My teeth are just my teeth are hurting just thinking about it. <laughs> uh, Cam at Cam Griff ninety two on Twitter. He says he just doesn't get blue cheese. Fucking rank. Whoa! Is that the one with like, the mold in it? Well, yeah, that's yeah, where the I, blue or the green comes from. Yeah, the idea of just eating mold, I, I ain't a fan of that. Oh, mate. listen, I've had this out with, with Mrs. Mags. The mold is, they don't just leave it out like and just hope some mold gets to it. It's put there on purpose. It's right. It's 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 formed around a, a wire cage, which has the, the, the bacteria on it to get the veins of mold. It's to add listen, to the flavor. Listen to the words you are using here. Bacteria, mold yeah. veins, mate. And you yeah, criticise me for liking a bit of rhubarb gin. Come on. <laughs> it, it's there to enhance the flavour of the cheese. Yeah, okay. I, I wonder who first thought, oh, okay. Do you know what? i make that cheese a bit nicer. Let's chuck a bit of mold on there. <laughs> Bring over that, bring over that metal cage here, that bacteria on that killed yeah. our friend Bob down the road. Stick it on there, like let, let's see if the mold takes, and then if it does, we'll have a chomp on it and see what, it's, it's, see what it's like. It's not a bacteria or mold that will kill you. Well, obviously, because people eat it, it would have been stopped being go, produced then. if it's killing. <laughs> Maybe it was just uh, Gloucester had a run of cheese that they couldn't get rid of. No one was running down hills back in the day. And it got left, and it became more. And they thought, "We'll sell this on. We can't lose money on this. It's called uh, Stilton." <laughs> see, that whole explanation of yours falls down when you say uh, nobody was running down hills back then, because we've always done that shit. 
<laughs> since since I was a boy, we've run down those hills. Uh, Calm continues. The movie Sicario. Two hours, one minute of my life. I'll never get back. Total shite. I've never heard of that. Yeah, I've heard of it. I've never watched it. Okay. So thanks. You've actually saved me two hours and one minute, Cam. So yeah, I'll avoid that. Doing the Lord's work there, sir. Doing the Lord's work. Exactly. Uh, football hooliganism. Grow up, for fuck's sake. It's a game, yes. and your Stone Island jackets look horrendous. Yeah, it's fucking pathetic. Just go Stone, watch them. Stone Island jackets I don't get. I mean, you pay, you pay an absolute arm and a leg, and the only thing that separates it from a, a jacket that you could have bought at George is a stupid badge. Mm. Yeah, you could just get the. You could just buy a badge off eBay and stick it on there. And, yeah, because it's only held on with buttons. Mm. You can literally buy the badge and sew a couple of buttons on. Yeah, ridiculous. Uh, and he says it feels like an episode of At Rantermeisters. And then for that, we got a, a potential invite to be on the show. So yeah, we did. We did think from, about uh, from Ben, wasn't it? Yeah, so just think about all the things that you hear and you can have a good rant about it. Yeah, indeed, indeed. Uh, and I believe, finally, from Twitter, there may be more coming up afterwards, but I think this is the last one we have. Our good friend, Total Stevo at Total Stevo on Twitter. Everybody say what time is it? It's Stevo. He says... I don't get it. Alan Partridge. People just do nothing. This country. I've given them chances. Do nothing for me. Yet extremely popular. Alan Partridge, I agree with him. I've never found that funny. I mean, some of the memes that have come from it, I suppose, uh, are a little bit humorous. But yeah, as a, as a show, it's never bothered me. People who just do nothing. I've, I think I've only ever watched one episode, so yeah, it was not something that 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 uh, I got invested with. This country, no, I think that's a brilliant show. Mm. I mean, that's that's from down your your parts as well, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's not far at all from where I am. Like Sirencester or something like yeah. that. Yeah, Gloucester uh, City Football Club. When um when our when our stadium was flooded and wrecked, that was one of the grounds that they ground shed with. It was so close. Okay. Uh, yeah, I found I found that. Uh, to to be maybe not funny as in like laugh out loud like sad but um a good kind of view of how you you glostorians or whatever you, you your pronouns <laughs> are you rural folk live yeah it's not far off mate to be fair um alan partridge i, I enjoy some alan partridge i liked the um the show he did that was a spin-off well like, like a take-up of the one show that was quite good. Okay, is that, the that knowing me, knowing you? No, no, no. Oh. It was more, no, it was a more recent one. It was done like the like. So you know, he'd go out on assignment to do reports, but he'd also be in the studio hosting. It was very much like the one show, or almost like this morning, okay. I guess. That was good because everyone around him knew he was a fucking idiot, but he got the job because the previous host died, and they they are desperate for him, and it, that was very good. Uh, people just do nothing. Never seen it. Surprisingly enough. Uh, this country, I agree with you, Maxie. I enjoy that. That's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Steve-O continues. Ozark got through three and a half series, had to stop, thought it was really boring. Okay. Have you seen Ozark, Maxie? Nope. I've, uh, I've I had it recommended to me a couple of times, but it's I, I'm the kind of person who, more often than not, if a show is 
two, three seasons in and I've missed the beginning, uh, I'll I'll let it pass me by. Um, okay. It's very rare that I'll I'll kind of like watch the the whole of a show. I mean, I know I've said it for for Game of Thrones, um, but yeah. Um, now Steve O said it's boring. I'll I'll give it a wide berth. Ah, uh, see, I liked it. I watched well, it. Yeah. I watched five seasons of it. Me and Sharon watched it, and it it had kind of Breaking Bad vibes for me in that sometimes Breaking Bad felt slow. Okay. But this seemed to the slow bits felt not as slow as Breaking Bad. It's I think it's a really good show, and the ending is fantastic. And yeah, really good. Lots of twists and turns and stuff you don't see come in and all that. I enjoyed it anyway, and I've, I believe Sharon enjoyed it as well. She'll correct me in the chat if I've got that wrong, but yeah, I thought it was quite good. Uh, Steve-O continues here. Oh God, Afterlife. People saying it's a masterpiece, and he thinks series one and three are abysmal. Okay, I've not seen Afterlife. So Afterlife is the Ricky Gervais um, show uh, that deals with the death of his of his wife. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I I agree and kind of disagree in the same breath with with Steve. I think the the concept of the show is really good. Um, I think uh, Ricky um, is a genius when it comes to that short um, series uh, programs. I think this going three seasons, uh, it was stretched out way too much. I think this is okay. could have been a one and done, um, but yeah, I enjoy, I enjoyed it. Um, just got to be a bit of a drag in the third season. I want to say as well with Steve-O there, it does show how I suppose he can be quite level-headed when watching things because he's a massive Ricky Gervais fan, as we all know, mm-hmm. The Office and. Uh, uh, extras and all that sort of stuff. So if he thinks that Gervais has done is no good, you know, then obviously he's got his reasons for that. I've never seen it. I've seen clips and it, it looked funny via the clips, but those, those programs always do, don't they? Yeah. They clip the best bits. Yeah. Uh, Steve also says, I replied to a at UTT Rob tweet, but I don't get how WWE messed up Rikishi. Legit biggest fan favorite in 2000 behind the rock. And out of nowhere, I ran over Austin career ender right there. Yeah, fair enough. I don't really remember Rikishi being that popular, but I suppose I was I was in and out of wrestling in two thousand. I didn't watch masses of it, so yeah, it, it was. Uh, I think he was more popular because of uh, his involvement with Too Cool and watching a fat bloke dance and things like that. Um, I I never saw him even when he was involved with the Stone Cold and the Rockers as a main eventer. He no. just didn't come across as that. And that's that's okay. That Not everybody has to be a main eventer. Um, of course. Uh, you need those um, those lower card and mid card wrestlers to, to fill out your show. Um, I didn't see Rikishi ever being higher than RC level. Um, so for him to even be involved in the storyline with the Rock and, and Austin, I suppose that, is uh, a big plus to his career. Um, but yeah, um, I don't, I wouldn't even say it was a career ender for him because he still stuck around for a, a little while after that. Uh, and then his, his influence is still being shown in wrestling today with, uh, with his sons uh, and his, uh, well, the Usos and uh, Solo Sokoa uh, being part of the bloodline. So uh, I think he's, Whilst he might not have been world champion, he still has a, a career that he could be very, very proud of. 
Mm. I get you. Okay. Um, I, I do agree with, I suppose, what Steve could potentially be trying to get at here, the, the whole heel turn aspect of it. Because when I think of Rikishi, I think of him dancing and being a good fun with too cool and so on. And I also think of him falling off the cell at Armageddon 2000 because that was crazy. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't think heel Rikishi works. And I think that kind of stalled any momentum yeah, I, he had I, I, at that point. I get that, but then on the other side of the coin, we wouldn't have got, I did it for the rock. Did I did it for the, for the people. <laughs> and then we wouldn't have, wouldn't have had rock taking the mic out of it saying, shut up, you phone wearing fire. So there yeah, we go. There we go. <laughs> uh, Steve O continues. I don't get how in retail, certain managers make filling. Filing. I think oh, it's sorry. filing. I don't get how certain managers in retail get to where they are and not have a clue about the basics of running a shop. Yeah, I can appreciate that. Again, kind of like James, a very hyper-specific one to to Steve-O. But yeah, um, it does annoy you when you're doing a job and then someone else comes in and they haven't got a clue how to do it Mm. and they're getting paid the same as you. Oh, that's that's a grand, an absolute Mm. grand. Yes, exactly. Uh, five guys, Steve continues. Awful. Yeah, people I know make out it like it's the greatest food ever. And this is where site edits in. You're wrong. <laughs> um, actually, I can't, I've never, I've never, I was going to say I've never had five guys there, but that would be strictly two. Eh? Naughty, naughty. Um, <laughs> I've never tried the five guys food, shall we say. So I can't edit in the you're wrong little bit there for the audio version because I don't know, Steve. I don't know. Uh, I've never had it as well. I know there's mm. we have a five guys in Manchester, but I've never been there. It it just seems like overpriced fast food, I suppose. Mm. Yeah, okay. Uh, <laughs> Scottish Danny in the chat. <laughs> I read somewhere that it was supposed to be Taz who ran over Austin. I think you're right, but they couldn't push the seat forward enough for him to reach the pedals. Yeah, he needs so, like a booster seat to see over the wheel. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Steve also says, listening to old chain wrestling, he's currently up to episode 53. What a legend. What yeah, a he's legend. Back through all of chain wrestling revisited, which is available on the chain wrestling's own Something feed. all of you should be doing. All of yes, you here exactly. in the chat. From episode one, <laughs> especially as we've got you know, our 100th episode coming up soon, you can go back right to the beginning and listen to it all again. Uh, a topic that pops up is favorite films. A film Mags loves, watched it seven times to understand, but alas, I don't get it. Inception. It's a great film. I don't know what there is not to get. It's very, Again. it's man bending. Uh, and uh, the, the kind of drops down uh, the levels in dreams does take a lot to wrap your head around, but yeah, it's a great film. I'll have no inception besmirchment from you, Mr. Steve. Or inception besmirchment. What a sentence. Uh, <laughs> Steve also says, I don't get how line of duty is a masterpiece, but series four stinks the place out. And the reveal on the final episode is so poor. Um, and his final one, I don't get how in the house share I'm in, a 47-year-old goes through a whole roll of toilet paper daily. <laughs> Again, very, very specific to your situation. <laughs> I don't get how three of these people I live with earn double what I do and do nothing with their lives other than stay indoors all day on their days off. You're in London, lots of things to explore, but rather stay in. I get out as much as I can. I just don't get how the people stay in doing nothing. Baffles me. Because if go. they go out, 
Scottish Danny may stab them. So it's ah. for their own safety. But I, I, I get uh, Steve Wall's point. If you go on uh, his uh, YouTube channel, he's got multiple uh, videos of him going to London Zoo. And yeah, it's so... Um, so good to see so yeah I, I can get the point the toilet paper thing yeah that's how does one person use a full roll of toilet paper in a day that's like 200 sheets is he just wrapping it all the way around yeah that would annoy me plenty of crafters um, yeah but then <laughs> surely you just use a sock well, I suppose, I suppose. Each to their own, Magsy. You never know, you know? Yeah. You might have you might have a day of furious wanking planned and then also have the shits. You may, you may, you know who it is then because they'd have one very strong, defined, muscly arm and one arm that looks like Jeremy Beadle. Like a kind of half-disabled Popeye. A wonky popper, yeah. A wonky popper. <laughs> oh, uh, I think that's all I've got from Twitter, Magsy, my friend. What Thank about yourself? The Lord. Um, a lot of the ones that, that I'm um, angry about, people already mock me incessantly for it anyway. Like bubbly chocolate. I don't fucking get it. Why? Mm. Why is this a thing? I just, I don't understand it. Um, Star Trek, don't get it. I've mm. watched the, uh, some episodes. I don't get why it's so popular. It's, it's, it just doesn't interest me in the slightest. Um, but you know me, I'm, I'm placid. I normally give things a fair yeah. shake. Yeah, okay. <laughs> podcasts. I don't get fucking podcasts. Why do people do or listen to podcasts? Just people are mad. No idea, mate. No idea. <laughs> uh, for me, um, funnily enough, it got mentioned earlier on, and I, barring the one sort of aspect of it, cricket. I've never, t- I've never got it. I got friends who play it. I got friends who are massively fanatical into it. I've just never got it myself. I mean, but the one hundred, that's all right. I, that, when that started out recently, I can watch a little bit of that. But in general, like you know, the five day stuff and and all that. Nah, not for me, mate. And you think you know a man? Five. Days. <laughs> I mean, you you're like in the area of Gloucestershire as well. They're not a bad mm-hmm. team. Mm. I've been to oh, a cricket, cricket festival. Cricket is amazing. I went to the cricket uh, festival. Especially yeah. the. Uh, I'm just going to gloss over that because I don't really want to hear about that. Uh, five okay. day cricket is the best. Test cricket is well good. Going to Old Trafford for five days, brilliant. Nah, not for me, mate. Not for me. Well, you um. I don't get night clubbing anymore. I know it's an age thing. I used to go clubbing when I was younger, but even then it wasn't my cup of tea. I went just because my mates did, but I've never really got it. You're paying 20 quid to get in somewhere, nine pound a drink, and you can't hear what anyone's... I'm just like a proper old man now. You can't hear what anyone's saying. It's and not to, me, but... to double down on that, I don't get modern night clubbing or modern uh, nights out because yeah. when I when I was a youngin and I used to go out <laughs> clubbing, we would start, like, say, 7 o'clock, like, pre-drinking, maybe then going to into your town pubs, and then your night would be over 3 o'clock at the latest. Now, nobody starts even going out till midnight. Mm-hmm. Midnight. That's like, we'd be arsehole, and it'd be like, are we yeah. going to, a, to a, the, the, the burger van on the way out? Yeah. I'll have one more. 
one more rhubarb gin and I'm going to nip off and get a kebab. Well, Would be my mindset. I mean, even that, <laughs> there's pubs that only sell gin now. Yeah, what's gin that? Bar. Can, That's fucking go into ridiculous. A, go into a pub and get a fucking pint. Of gin, yeah, just gin. Of gin yeah, a pint of gin, yeah. <laughs> uh, so I only like to go clubbing to meet the ladies. Man. Well, it has it has been you what know a stallion. Sort of no, I don't know about that, mate. Start stand more like a wonky donkey. I don't know about a stallion. <laughs> <A wonky donkey. laughs> uh, and the only other thing I don't really get is prequels. It's something they came up the other week on the show. Um, that movies like, that yeah, yeah or TV or TV series, yeah, because you kind of know what the end game is already from the original series. So yeah, you know what I mean, I, I, I don't get it. Savinus, Savinus, I mean, hello, ladies. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's so getting clipped. Um, <laughs> uh, do you want to run through the chat, Magsy? Actually, before we get on to talking a bit of wrestling, because I'm sort of half looking at the clock and thinking, you know, we are running a bit long yet again, but that's all right. That's not like us. us. That is no. not like us whatsoever. Um, so Graham is a Tory. Uh, and Dan quickly rescinds that, like he's had the whip taken away from him. Uh, with the divided kingdom of Shah Britain, that's actually a, a perfect way of describing it nowadays. Uh, Sharon says the wife normally gets the offsides before anyone. Is that, yeah, is that true. true, sir? Yep, very true. Dan says the TV camera uh, angle is misleading for offsides, but it still takes too bloody long. Uh, and then Connor says the longest, um, I think he's, he says American football, but I think he means. American soccer match. Uh, his uh, review that he sat through was almost 20 minutes, and straight after the review, they did 16 commercials. American sports huh. are commercials and reviews. Um, Dan says American football is slower than cricket, it absolutely is. They only play 60 minutes of, of sport, and it takes like five hours to get through. It's ridiculous. Um, I mean, Sharon will say in the chat, no doubt, because Sharon's NFL mad and has been for it. She's oh, yeah, probably, shit, I forgot about that. Yeah, she's proper into it now, like, but um, she watches, I mean, she watched, I don't know, four matches yesterday because it's a Sunday and it runs through all day. Um, I think it's about three hours it takes sometimes, as opposed to, it used to be longer, uh, didn't it? But it? Yeah, but they tried to change it to cut it down a bit, I think, at some point. So she watched four matches at three hours a pop. I don't know if they were all three hours. Some would have ran shorter or whatever, but yeah, okay. I, I think it can go as long as that. Yeah. I would still rather watch, rather watch a bit cricket. of American football than cricket. Well, you're wrong. You're wrong for that. Um, Connor says, I love slasher films, but they all follow the same formula. The killer kills off as many teams as possible. And the final girl always gets the final say. Well, mm. I mean, it, it's a working formula. Uh, he also then says he's blocked a good majority of Columbus crew Twitter. Uh, they're always constant, uh, constant negativity and political BS. I mean, that just describes all of Twitter, uh, all yeah. Scottish Danny, uh, apologies for the late, uh, delay, but also fuck disc golf. <laughs> I mean, you come in, you're coming in hot there. Uh, Danny, I absolutely appreciate that. Uh, Dan says darts is a game of skill, but you cannot tell me uh, the players are nope. athletes when one of the Fair best point. players in the world is Andy the Viking Fordham and the guy was like a capital D then yeah, you cannot say that they are athletes. Absolutely not. 
We've already covered this one. People uh, don't drink playing cricket, you mentalist, unless you're <laughs> living in Gloucester. And then you need the drink just to take the edge off your depressing laugh, I suppose. Whoa. But yeah. No, I mean, yeah. for those playing cricket. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Because cricket sucks. Dan says he's <laughs> not an alcoholic. He's a drunk because alcoholics go to meetings. And Fair then enough. says milk plus vodka plus Kahlua equals a white Russian. Great on your cornflakes. Oh, no. I don't Jesus so. Christ. Uh, Sharon, as a non-drinker, I can appreciate a non-alcoholic drink if you like the flavor. I get a lot of grief for not drinking. But, I mean, I don't understand that. If people don't want to drink, I don't understand why I didn't mm. get grief for it. Um, yeah, the thing is, we're, we're, and I find myself doing it as well. When I I say, like, you know, we're going out for a work to do or, or whatever, and I'll say, oh, my wife will drive. She doesn't drink anyway. I then feel the need to say, well, she doesn't drink because it's a choice. It's not like she's got a problem or anything like that. And Sharon, when she's out at night, people always go, well, why don't you drink then? Do you want to drink? You know, we'll get a taxi, have a drink. And, uh, you know, it's just it's like she just chooses not to drink. Fucking leave her alone. Yeah. Shall I? Exactly, exactly. Uh, Scottish Danny, blue cheese is amazing uh, on pizza or on toast. Sharon, not a fan, clearly. Um, <laughs> but you absolutely need a box of Tic Tacs after it. Yeah, it can be a, a little bit ponger. Um, uh, then we were talking about TV programs that they don't get. She said she felt like that watching Mr. Nobody. Uh, yeah. Whereas me and Sai usually wait. Uh, till it finished 10 years ago <laughs> brilliant yeah we tend to watch shows when they're ancient yeah to be fair uh, Scottish Danny says Rikishi and Too Cool were uh, so on fire in 2000 everyone was doing the Too Cool dance in school after the rumble uh, in 2000 uh, we've covered the the Taz meant to be the person who, who run Austin over oh my god that needs to be a t-shirt the wonky popper <laughs> Sharon with a hot take saying Star Trek uh, Next Gen was awesome. It I didn't mind weren't. that, to be fair. Picard, crap. Was, Picard was cool. No, he weren't crap. Um, it was all right. All Star Trek were crap. Um, Sion liked to go clubbing to meet ladies, <laughs> Sarah Venus, and then she, she, uh, Sharon says she met you in the nightclub. All right, my lover is more like it. Yep. Yeah. That's a very Gloucester thing. Yeah. And she confirms that it's normally three to four hours. So, even on the low end, three hours watching four matches, that's 12 hours of American football. Mm. You, you, yeah. you are more man than I, Sharon. <laughs> Brilliant stuff. Uh, thank you to everybody who sent in responses to our non-wrestling topic this week. Make sure you're keeping your eyes peeled on our social medias at chain underscore wrestling to make sure you're involved with that week to week. And thank you to everyone for commenting in the chat as well as we run mm-hmm. through everyone's I don't get it takes. Uh, Magsy, should we tell them what we're doing next week or should we not bother? Yeah, we might as well. Okay. Do you want me to do it? Well, yeah, it was your idea, mate. I was going to leave you to it. Right. So basically the, <laughs> the the thought behind the idea was, uh, was Sa generally doesn't get a lot of things. Uh, so we've covered stuff that people don't get. Uh, and then um, I'm forever saying things are brilliant. Apparently, uh, so next week's topic, we're going to flip the flip the order. Uh, we're going to. Uh, it's called "It's Brilliant," and it's what things do you uh, what what things do you enjoy that most other people don't like or or mm-hmm. don't enjoy. And again, over the same kind of topics: food, TV, movies, sport, whatever, whatever you enjoy. And then the majority of, of people they don't get it. So. Yeah, that's next week's topic. It's brilliant. 
It's going to be good. It's going to be good. Uh, it will come out on the chain wrestling social medias as normal later in the week. So keep an eye out and uh, make sure you get your responses and retweet it for us and all that good stuff. Magsy, oh, my wife in the chat straight away there. Look, sigh. <laughs> she thinks I'm brilliant. Not a lot of people do. So in a way, that's a compliment. Thank you, my love. I appreciate that. Oh, is she saying she don't get it? No, yeah, that's true. She, she joins the rest of the masses and don't get it. <laughs> Shall we talk a little bit of wrestling, my friend? <sighs> I've been dreading this part. Uh, let's get ready to rumble! So you didn't enjoy yourself then, Mags? No, is that what you're saying? <laughs> it's uh, another thing. Like, going back to the, the non-wrestling topic... Another thing I don't get, why the Cedar Breath always vote for this antiquated, hawker, bullshit wrestling like this? Hang on. I'm going to stop you right there. They don't always... The amount of times I have put up something from the Territory days and it gets destroyed, and I mean destroyed, like 75% in your favour. You know, the fact that these two last polls have gone in my favour, I've genuinely been excited about it because we've done nearly 100 episodes now. And I've barely got a chance to talk about this kind of time. I think it's because I put up such a stink about hating uh, the, the last <laughs> one that the arseholes in the CWF have thought, this is brilliant. Mags is getting fucking pissed off. This is entertaining. Let's let's make it. Do you know that when you watch uh, I'm a Celebrity and then you get one person who does a task and they saw bad at it or they they you can tell that they hate it that the public vote them in over and over and over and over again that's what happened someone's clocked on that i hated that wrestling so now it's that's all we're getting just put him in all the time winner of this week's vote to do the horrible task of watching shitty wrestling mags yeah <laughs> i mean to be fair you say someone has clocked on that you didn't enjoy it. it it weren't exactly like you hid your feelings well it wasn't like it was a subtle, <laughs> it was like you, you subtly let it leak out that you weren't a fan <laughs> i wear my hatred of 80s wrestling on my sleeve <laughs> yes indeed uh the winner of this week's poll is a title unification match from Super Clash 3, which was a pay-per-view put together by a few different uh, wrestling companies in a kind of last effort to take on the WWF and the expanding Vince McMahon empire, I guess, as they were taking all the top talent and destroying the territory days, I suppose, Maxi. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it was crap. Gas, <laughs> spoiler. <laughs> I mean, oh dear! I looked whilst watching the match. I looked up the card um, uh-huh. well, uh, on on the network. You can see like the matches and and things like that. It was it was hawker territory bullshit wrestling. Yeah, loads of wrestlers who I've never even heard of. Uh, a few big big stars. I would um, I'd say like Sergeant Slaughter was on the show, but nothing. This. You can tell why the WWF had, had kind of like took all the the huge stars and why this was the last throw of the dice for these companies. Mm-hmm. Um, and if this was what they could come up with, uh, when you combine all the forces of the territories, no wonder they went they went out of business because yeah. it was a bag of wank. 
<laughs> well, this is it. I mean, and I, I was mo- watching the match. I thought was going to be interesting. Um, I wasn't quite right with that one, but I thought more what was going on in the time would make quite an interesting conversation because mm-hmm. you think about it, this is uh, December the 13th, 1988. So we've just, you know, not long, a month maybe had Survivor Series 88. All the, the color and the characters and the big arena full of people and, you know, the production values. That's something that's really, we're going to really press home with regards to this show, the production mm-hmm. values of the WWF. You also would have had Jim Crockett Promotions, the NWA and so on, running Starcade around this time as well, as well as potentially a Clash of Champions event, normally towards the end of the year, beginning of the year sort of time as well, when you would have seen the likes of a Ric Flair, um, you know, the glorious Barry Windham and all those guys. The AWA and World Class from Texas and a couple of other smaller companies, this is their first foray into pay-per-view. Super Clash 1 and 2 were just still big events they put on. This was their first mm-hmm. foray into pay-per-view. And they were very much following the leader as opposed to doing something new, trying to break ground. And my mindset is with this kind of situation, when you're trying to compete with a company that is blatantly putting you out of business, that the AWA especially was really struggling here. Yeah, It's very much a comment by Eric Bischoff that really sticks in my head whenever you look at two companies kind of going after the same market or same audiences. If I can't be better than them, I need to be different. And I feel what the, um, the the Super Clash show here, and it, it primarily it's the AWA with Vern Gardner and so on, and um, world class wrestling, uh, world cl- uh, world class championship wrestling from from Texas that we spoke about last week with the Von Erichs and so on. They're the prim- primarily the two main companies that are putting this on, with a couple of other stragglers as well. The NWA, Jim Crockett Promotions, and so on were no part of this. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't really do anything to set aside from what they have done previously, which obviously is no longer working because they're in the dire straits. They are financially are really struggling, but also they're not doing anything to set themselves apart from the WWF. They're running a pay-per-view and they've done nothing in particular to kind of give an alternative other than the sort of semi alternative that was already there. That obviously wasn't working Maxi. Yeah, you're absolutely right. This felt like, you were watching a, a cheap version of the WWF. Mm. Um, and not only, uh, like you said, were they following the leader in, in doing pay-per-view, I think this was uh, this was throwing all your eggs into one basket. Um, a, a last roll of the dice, if, if, if you would, because... Uh, yeah. Whilst um, looking into this match, because this was not in my wheelhouse at all, um, I, this is all new to me. Um, I never watched this uh, this wrestling, but uh, like looking at, at what was happening behind the scenes, um, this was um, the the uh, AWA and uh, in to a lesser extent the uh, WCCW. Their backs were up against the wall. This was. Mm-hmm they're going for broke almost. And um, this show did such a terrible bar rate. Uh, got um, the gate, um, the gate uh, receipts were pretty much non-existent. This led to Vern Gagne who was uh, the booker for uh, AWA, not paying a lot of the, the talent that was actually on the show. Um, yeah. 
So in theory, this one roll of the dice to compete with uh, the big guns of, of the wrestling business, it actually it quickened how how uh, these this company would go under because it it meant that they'd overspent that they they were kind of doing what Jim Crockett uh, did with uh, with WCW where they were spending way more than they were bringing in. Um, so people work, wouldn't work with Vern anymore. I think it took another 18 months before they had uh, another super clash, which was then the last one that they ever had. Um, yeah, it just, it was one last roll of the dice and they ended up getting snake eyes. It was, yeah, it was not a good, good business thing to do at all. Mm. Yeah. I mean, it was the, the big issue, I mean, world-class, as you said, that they carried on a little bit longer and they were bought out and uh, existed in another format for a while, combining with another territory and so on into like potentially the early nineties and so on. So they, they didn't go to the wall as, as early as the AWA, but the AWA, they, this was like you said, Max, this was very much it. And because of the fact that the talent didn't get paid, they wouldn't come back. So, I mean, this match we're going to cover here, it's the title unification between world-class world champion Kerry Von Erich and the current AWA champion, which was Jerry the King Lawler. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm not, we know how the match concludes, so, you know, spoiler alert, whatever. Jerry Lawler wins. He is their new champion. They didn't pay him. Yeah, and then I, I believe he was only champion for about a month because all the talent that came in... Um, for for the AWA didn't get paid, mm-hmm. so um, this whole unifi- unifying the world champions, which is the whole storyline behind this, uh, both uh, Jerry and uh, Kerry Von Erich have interviews uh, uh, backstage talking about how they they're trying to make one uh, unified world champion for the whole of wrestling. That comes apart less than a month later because. Yeah. Uh, the AWA removed Lawler as champion. He didn't get paid, and and thus the the title is is vacated. So it it ended up making having no um, benefit or kind of impact on the 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 companies at all. It was ridiculous. Yeah, and it's of their own making as well. I mean, effectively, the AWA Verengania he held on for too long. The the writing was on the wall by this stage. Now, obviously, it's a it's it can be a, um, a uh, the case of a guy being stubborn, the case of a guy being proud, whatever. But by late 88, going into 89, th- this company was in such financial trouble. He should have sold up. He should have knocked it on the head. But he he didn't. He stuck to his guns and eventually caused himself a great deal of financial issues going forward in his life. Now, that could have been solved if he had sold up when he was offered the money from from vince obviously you don't, some of the territories didn't want to do that and they went out of business and all that sort of stuff however there's also secondary factors that contributed to the awa's downfall and you saying right there about lawler not getting paid was a massive one because mm-hmm. lawler left the unified world champion they were sending him bookings to come up and defend the title on their shows they were advertising the unified world champion on these shows coming up. Lawler basically turned around and said, I'm not coming until you pay me for this event. This yeah. was a pay-per-view event. He was told he was going to make a certain amount of money, not based necessarily on the buy rate or the attendance. He was told he's going to make a certain amount of money, no matter what. I wouldn't say necessarily a guaranteed contract. There would have been certain ratios to depend upon, you know, income, but he was expected to make something at least. 
wasn't paid it. So he point blank refused. Oh, I'm not going to come unless you pay me. So all yeah. of a sudden, these these events that were then advertising the unified world champion in the AWA were getting cancelled, or they would go ahead without Lawler. And then eventually, like you said, Maxie, they stripped him of the title because he wasn't going to come back. Jerry Lawler actually, to this, as far as I know, to this day, still owns the AWA world title belt. He still has it in his house because he never even re- never returned the title. All faith in the wrestling business was gone from Vern Gagne and the AWA. Nobody wanted to work for him because he hadn't paid everybody. And that word got around quick. Nobody yeah. wanted to go watch the shows because what he was advertising or what he was saying was going to happen wasn't occurring. Yeah, all the big stars were already. I mean, the AWA. If if you run through their roster, so many uh, Mean Gene Hogan. The the list is endless of people who left the AWA and went to WWF, and you could see their television in in the AWA region. Yeah, so they were really dying. And the big issue for Virangano was as well. He had this this big residential place. This this yeah, you know, there's, there's like a lake attached to his house and lots of land and so on. Uh, the local, I suppose in the UK, we would refer to it as the local council or whatever, wanted to turn this into a park for people to to come and visit. And they there's a way they can legally do that, lay claim to the ground and so on to make it some kind of um, tourist attraction or family area. So Verangania was trying to battle these people, trying to take his home or at least take part of his home or whatever in the courts. And the way he was doing a great deal of the funding for the AWA was to borrow money against his property. So when he lost that case and that property was seized, boom, skint overnight. Yeah. And that was the end of the AWA done. And it's, it's considering the history of that company and some of the fantastic wrestlers that passed through that company. And it was, especially like the seventies and eighties, it was quite innovative. There were certain things that happened on AWA television that influenced the WWF when it went, national and then eventually international the fact that it died the death it did with a man refusing to let go and just from sheer stubbornness and no business sense and his son uh son blindly following his father and even to this day defending his father's decisions that were relatively not all of them but a great deal of them proven now you know in hindsight to be incorrect Mm-hmm. it's quite a sad end from when you look at it from a family standpoint. Yeah, absolutely. is. Uh, and Scottish Danny says in, in the chat, the story of Vern's final years is a depressing tale. Uh, and, and to kind of like circle back to this match, um, I think a modern wrestling fan might not understand the, the influence that, that Jerry Lawler has. Mm. Um, we know him as the as the the lecherous um pervert who who's on the, the pre-shows on WWE, but back in in, in the, the 80s and, and 90s, he was Southern wrestling. Uh he was the Ric Flair of these territories, and you screwed Jerry Lawler over. That was your business done, essentially, um, because he had that much stroke and that much influence in in those southern territories that um, it was a ridiculous uh, financial decision for for Vern to to not pay Jerry. It, it was a company killing decision. Yes, 
yeah, I mean, it was a massive, I suppose the, the saying you hear quite often is final straw that broke the camel's back, but mm-hmm. it was a huge, huge swing with a lot of things. Um, I suppose we should get to the match and run through a few things that happen in this contest, because I believe as well, this this big pay-per-view that they were trying to put together. Granted, not many eyes actually saw it, so you don't know how much of an influence that would have had. I mean, effectively, the 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 um, UIC pavilion in Chicago, where it was held, can take nine, nine and a half thousand for wrestling and, and so on. They pulled 1,600 fans mm-hmm. in this all singing, all dancing, you know, event. Um, the great. pay-per-view, yeah, it was. And that, that led to a poor sound quality because it's echoing. And the lights were down low to show that it wasn't empty, I suppose, trying to enclose the, the, the what people could see on camera. Um, yeah. The pay-per-view buy rate as well was around forty-five to 46,000, which is nowhere Excellent. near what the WWF yeah. were pulling at the time. So again, we don't know how many eyes would have actually seen this, but at the time, wrestling news newsletters, magazines, the, the after mags, as they were called, would have reported so much of what went on. And wrestling fans all over the country and the world, I guess, we're getting their feedback from these magazines. The finish to this match, I think, contributed to a lot of the issues going mm-hmm. forward. And then this wasn't even the main event. The main event was a tag team match with the Rock and Roll Express, who were a massive draw. So I can understand why they were there. That ended in a double disqualification or a double count out as well. Further down the card, you had matches that ended with disqualifications, count outs, and so on. It's not a good look, Mags, is it? No, it was it was poorly booked, absolutely poorly booked. And and like I said at the beginning, if this is the best card that you can get with all the wealth of talent of the of the companies that that have come together in this last kind of stance against the WWF, the writing was way, way on the wall mm. because yeah, it was I would not have paid to watch this this as a wrestling fan simple and clear as that so i can understand why very few people did that's it i mean i mean getting to the 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 show and the match itself the production values straight off the bat aren't of the standard of the wwf where where all the young kids are wanting to watch their wrestling now uh you've got kerry von eric who is supposed to be the baby face i guess he cuts a few into he cuts a pro he cuts an interview earlier in the show and then a promo before the match it's not his strong point, is it? He's mumbling. No. He, he keeps stuttering over the words Mona Lisa, and there's only one leaning Tarapisa and all this sort of nonsense. And only one Eiffel Tower. Yeah, it just yeah. makes no sense. Absolutely makes yeah. no sense. I mean, he looks incredible. He looks a million dollars, but that's why he ended up in the WWF. That's what everyone who looked good was doing. So, yeah. Um, Lawler, obviously, charismatic as hell, cuts a few in, an interview earlier in the show and so on. And but, he looks like a genuine world champion as well. He's there yes. in the in the in the suit, holding the title, making sure it's front and center. Says what needs to be said. Uh, gets gets the words out there. Um, but yeah, it that was the it was the lipstick on a pig because mm. then we have to have the match. <laughs> That's brilliant. That's a brilliant yeah, brilliant way of putting it. Um, you mentioning how influential. Lawler was as well, Maxie. On this show, Bill Apter, hugely respected photographer and, and works for many magazines and so on, uh, awarded Jerry Lawler the Inspirational Wrestler of the Year Award, and it was done on the pay-per-view. So again, that shows how much of a big deal having this guy on the show as your champion was. And then you screw mm-hmm. him like that. It's just it's baffling, mate, isn't it? It is. It absolutely is. Uh, but if I were paying a wrestler to put on the match that these two put on 
I probably wouldn't have paid him either. Mm, well, yeah. Um, before the match, Ferengania mentions that there was too much blood in the match <laughs> while him at Daniel had. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so, it, does, it does say that. And then this match happens. There. Yeah, then this yeah. match happens. <laughs> he says that he's going to speak to his referees and make sure that if it gets that bad, things have to be stopped. The Wahoo McDaniel match was too bloody. I went back and watched that. It it was all right. It weren't that bloody. It was blood, but it weren't. But it weren't it's dramatic. setting the stage for what's going yeah. to happen. Yes, that was um, the MacGuffin. Jerry Lawler is already in the ring. By the time we cut to the the hard cam, I guess. Which again. No, no, even entrance music as well, nope. though. No fucking nope. entrance music. That oh, it annoyed me from the start. It annoyed mm-hmm. me from the very start. Just so badly done. Um, the canvas is also a mess from marks from ver- not just the Wahoo McDaniel match, but various other matches that shared a lot of bloodshed as well. Um, Kerry Von Eric comes out to what I've got down as a positive but mixed reaction, Magsy. I don't think, I think people know it would chill. Um, I think it was positive, um, but because there were so few people in attendance, you you don't get that rapturous kind of like mm. um, crowd reaction. This was it was a smattering of yeah. of like appreciation, I suppose. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. That makes sense. Um, I mean, early on, Jerry Lawler, like very early on cuts von eric's arm doesn't he on the ring post or ring on the uh, corner there yeah he, he um sh- there's a bit of a shoving contest to kick off and this w- will follow uh a typical jerry lawler uh, match he him and rick flair were experts at stretching out three or four minutes of action into 20 minute matches with stalling mm. and things like that. So there's a hell of a lot of stalling. It's the, the wrestling is the most basic of wrestling that you'll ever watch. But yeah, we start off, there's a bit of a shoving match and then, um, Kerry gets, uh, his arm slammed into the, into the corner and straight away, a match that shouldn't have any blood. According to Bernganya, we need to cut down on the blood. We're bleeding within the first 10 seconds of the match. Yes. Yeah. In from a funny place. Yeah. From yeah. a forearm as well. Not from, really. Well, it's the... kind of that on the inside as well. So you can't even mm. see it. Isn't, you know, yeah. it's a really strange place. Uh, Lawler, I, I think to be fair, does quite well in the early going because he's making his opponent look very good from simple clotheslines and punches. Lawler's, you know, bumping around the place for him, isn't he? It's so good at it. I mean, we mm. we obviously as as WWE slash WWF fans, we know Lola from gimmick matches um and commentary. But the guy has he's a legitimate legend in, in the wrestling. For for all his personal uh issues, the guy knows how to take a crowd on a journey. The guy knows how yeah. to sell the guy knows how to how to book a match he knows how to lead a dance he's he's had potentially more world championships than rick flair this is this is a guy who who was southern wrestling um Mm. so he he was always going to do his part to the best of his abilities and that is keeping the pace slow doing uh getting as much out of doing as little as possible as you can and Jerry Lawler was the very best at doing that. 
Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Um, the commentary team then make a really strong point of Lawler and Von Erich have both beaten Hogan, Flair, now, and Savage. I've checked this because I believe that they may be bullshitting a little bit. So Lawler has, according to cagematch.com, he has beaten all three of those named opponents. Kerry Von Erich has not. He has beaten Ric Flair, but he has never faced Hogan and Savage in single competition. So that commentator is a fucking liar. <laughs> yes, but you, you can see what they're trying to do. But at the same time, come on, you know. They're trying to say that these are the, the two best wrestlers left in the territory system. Yeah. When, I mean, they were good. Don't get me wrong. I'm not, they could out wrestle me, but these are not the the big names of a Hulk Hogan. They're not, no. they're not a Randy Savage. They're not a Ric Flair. No. And I mean, Von Eric obviously goes on to be in the WWF, but the surroundings he has there, the production and so on, he looks like an even bigger star, doesn't he? Which again, we come back to the production yep. quality and the show itself. I mean, the wrestlers here are doing, I think a good job of what they can do and what they, what they know. You do talk about Laura there having a certain uh, formula to what he does. It obviously works for him. Yeah. But to me, it's the surroundings that drag them down. I think. Yeah. It works in that territory system mm. where you would see him uh, maybe for a, a month or so in one certain territory does his, his, uh, his regular shtick then he moves on to another territory. If you're seeing this week in, week out on a TV show or on a, on a pay-per-view, it would get very old very, very quickly. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. Um, we get a test of strength, but only one-handed, which Von Erich dominates. And then Laura bites his cut arm. Mm-hmm. And yeah. comes up with blood on his mouth, almost like some kind of weird hairlined Memphis vampire. You know, it's like <laughs> I mean, he's got the beard for uh, the like the little W beard for a vampire, so mm. it kind of works. But yeah, he, I didn't realize Jerry Lawler was a biter. Nah, <laughs> that's it. There you go. There you go. Uh, um, eventually, Laura takes control, and we start seeing him use a weapon of some description, but we never really see or make out what it is. Do we keep, t- you know, going into his trunks and having producing this. He's yeah. having a crafty. That's it. Yeah. 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 He spotted, he spotted the stunt granny from Memphis in the front row in this little hall in a, yeah. Well, <laughs> in fact, linking back to, into the exposed pro wrestling secrets, they talk about how the referee, uh, is sometimes the, the, the most aggravating person in a, an arena because he never sees the, 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 the moves or the actions that all the crowd and the other wrestlers can see. This referee took that to a whole new extreme. Um, Lawler gets this foreign object, these um, uh, brass knuckles, whatever he uses, in and out of his um, trunks multiple times in front of the referee, and he sees nothing. He even at one point checks Lawler uh, for any weapons, and Lawler has the knuckles or whatever in his hand, and he puts his hands on his head. Oh, no, that I like. It It was clever, but it makes the referee look like an absolute pillock. It does. Yeah, I get that. But 
that guy, that at least got a reaction from the crowd screaming yeah. at the ref because he has looked like a pillock and Laura's been quite sneaky and clever. I quite liked that aspect because it was a bit different to, you know, just, oh, take it out your trunks, hit him, put it back. It yeah. added a little bit extra to what they were doing. I, I, I agree with that. I mean, you we're also talking about a, a crowd of 1998. They're not as maybe used to the wrestling that we we're used mm. to now this was kind of like the bread and butter so it was more carny based so mm. it, it would have worked for that time but for me it, it was just it was dull and i hate saying that about a wrestling match i found this match very very dull very very okay. basic uh a lot of uh I mean, it's a Jerry Lawler match. It's not going to be half-line technical, uh, but this took the piss for me. Um, there were <laughs> what what really got 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 it for me was they they had a guy like over the tunnel like shouting out every five minutes when some action had gone, and then when he when he first says uh, this match has been going on for five minutes, there'd literally been about two punches thrown. Um, yes, which that takes you out of out of uh you're meant to be invested in this being like a, a, a super fight in to to being what the fuck are you doing? In five minutes you've thrown two punches and you've mm-hmm. done a whole lot of, of nothing. And that carries on all the way through the match, even when we get to the point where uh Kerry Von Eric is bleeding um profusely all over his face and literally wearing a crimson mask, it still wasn't it wasn't exciting wrestling. It was literally just punch to the face, punch to the face, get on the on the second rope, punch to the face. And the most annoying thing was then when uh, Kerry Von Eric catches one of these punches to the face by getting the iron claw to Jerry Lawler's stomach. Mm. And talk about things that you don't get. I don't get how that was was painful. I really yeah, I mean, don't. don't if somebody, it. if somebody like who's got a proper nasty grip squeezes your gut, it's going to hurt. But at the same time, Not to the I, point he, it it disabled all the rest of his body. No, no, he no, was no, no, no. On the floor like uh, a you know, fish. You know my thoughts on that that claw move. I'm not a fan of it in, in any. You know, whether it's more modern day with Von Erics, the younger Von Erics doing it now, or even back in world class. And I'm not a fan of that claw move. I think there's so many, I'm just not a fan of it. We don't need to go into it right now. But, you know, people who listen to the show will know I've explained in the past my thoughts on it. But um, there are a few moments, I suppose, that where they try and do, uh, I suppose, something a bit more exciting, a bit more. A bit more eye-catching. There's a pile driver at one stage, which Von Eric doesn't sell and just stands straight up from. That annoyed. That fucking annoyed as well because <laughs> this was a time when the pile driver was was a finisher. That finishes uh, finishes matches, and he just absolutely stood up and and no sold it. He he was the uh, the the Ken RCD of this match. Just just not for selling whatsoever. Ridiculous. Uh, we get a ref bump from. A kick out the, the, the... Uh, that kick out as well. That was like um, the world's strongest man kicking out. <laughs> if Jerry Lawler was thrown three foot in the air and he'd landed ever so slightly on the referee, and then the referee's dead. It's it, oh, fucking annoying! Annoying that that leads to Von Eric 
getting a cover though and counting himself whilst waiting for the ref to come over. Uh, the ref eventually does come over for a two. So I suppose Von Eric does have the argument there that he has won the match. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, by this stage, there's lots of blood coming from Von Eric's face because of whatever Lawler is using. He's also bleeding from the cut on his arm. The ref by this point is checking over and over. And, and again, if you don't, if you don't just watch this match, and you actually watch the match previous and the little bit with Verangania in between, and then see the referee checking Von Eric's face really early on, checking, I suppose, around his eye, they're saying the cut is, aren't they? Um, it's really foreshadowing where this is going to go, isn't it? Oh, yeah. The minute the referee starts checking Kerry's face so many times, you know the fix is on. Mm. Absolutely, he's, he's not even really paying attention to the 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 stuff that's happening in the ring. He's literally every second checking the court. Do you want to do you want to call it? And Kerry's like, no, leave it. I'm all right. I'm fine. Um, carrying on uh, uh, with the wrestling. Then he gets. I mean, we uh, coming to the finish. Um, he gets the the iron claw on Jerry Lawler, and Lawler is essentially out for the count. And instead of that being the finish, which absolutely made sense because Lola was there on the on the on the canvas, not not fighting back, not giving any uh, sort of uh, offense or defense, and then the referee decides that's the time that he's he should stop this match because of the the blood loss. Mm. If it had happened maybe a couple of minutes earlier, it would have made sense, but to do it as Kerry had beaten Jerry Lawler, if I was in that crowd, I would have been pissed off at that because that is a bullshit finish. They didn't sound happy, did they? Let's be honest. All all 11 of them were tutting in that crowd. (laughs) Tutting very sternly. Uh, I mean, there was a couple of visuals that I thought were quite cool with that. The blood running off Kerry Von Eric onto Lawler as he's got mm-hmm. the claw on him. That was quite a cool shot. The, you know, we criticized the production values a little. The camera managed to pick up on that. That was quite cool. And when he was uh, sort of leaning over with the claw, how thickly matted um, his hair is with the blood as well at this point. You know, mm-hmm. that sort of feathered hair he had, it's all matted together with the blood that he... Because he was losing a great deal of it, let's be honest. It was a lot yeah, of blood there, absolutely. wasn't it? Uh, yeah, because there's a point where um, he tries to... Um, uh, rush uh, Jerry Lawler in the corner. Jerry moves and he ends up uh, headbutting the ring post, which opens the corp even more. Uh, so yeah, and there's no doubt that that he, his face is bright red. Um, mm. It is the literal crimson mass, but it's just the timing of the uh, of the referee to stop it when the match was essentially over. Um, yeah, it just a bullshit finish, an absolute mm. bullshit finish. But again, this is a big issue with this kind of combination of companies they were never going to get they were never going to decide on how to work together mm-hmm. uh, i mean with regards to this particular show and this particular idea of, a, of combining the, the different companies jim ross vince mcmahon and so on they, they were apparently they're all laughing at this when they when they've spoken about it in interviews themselves said they mm-hmm. couldn't get these guys these guys couldn't sit down and have a conversation over a cup of coffee never mind agree on finishes for especially yeah. for a unification match yeah. there you go so it was dead in the water before they even got to the ring but yeah i mean to me the match will give we'll give our ratings in just a moment magsy but to me 
this event itself, I think, is quite important historically because of what's going on around it that we covered earlier on. It is the final nails in the coffin for certain aspects of the AWA and and the knock-on from this led to it, you know, basically dying on its arse. Mm-hmm. And it's it I always think it's a shame when any company goes out of business, but here with with the situation with the AWA and Verangania and his refusal to kind of move with the times at least, it is just the way it went. It, it, he got what he deserved by not changing with the times, by not evolving. Um, he, he got exactly what he deserved. And it's just a shame for the wrestlers. Uh, that's who that's who I'd be more um, concerned for. Um, but I'm just glad I wasn't into this kind of wrestling uh, at the time because if I was an AWA fan and this was how the company started the the spiral to the end, I, w- I, w- I would have been fuming, absolutely fuming. Uh, oh, the spiral started a bit before this, to be fair. But there we go. Out of 10, my friend. Now, the the bullshit finish takes it down so many notches for me. Uh, and, I, and I know I've spent the last 15 minutes, 20 minutes, shitting on this match but it was it was a snapshot of this era of wrestling um it's not flippy shit it's not technical wrestling it it was it was a brawl i I get that it's a jerry lawler style match so i'm not gonna be so down on it that it gets like record scores but it's not brilliant. It's not a brilliant match to watch. Uh, it's not entertaining. It's not something I'll ever go back and, and watch ever again. Um, so I'm going to give it a three. Why? Okay. As low as that. Why? Okay. Well, um, I bloody loved it. He gives it a 10. Ah, see, I didn't love it, but I can appreciate it for what it is. It's a very Memphis based style mm-hmm. match um in no way is it better than what we saw last week the von eric's freebirds was much superior to this the shitty finish takes it down i mean i've got five so it's not that is her- generous it's not you know I, I i don't think i would rush back to watch it again to be fair but if I did catch bits and bobs not too but i think again maybe i am being generous because of the the story around it and so on the actual match itself. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think a five is probably, probably where I'll go, mate. That is, that is, that is very, very generous. Absolutely. Very generous. Well, I'm a generous guy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Magsy, where shall we go next week? My friend? Well, so I've kind of like shown my hand a little by my rant at the CWF for, for liking, 80s bullshit knowing that it'll wind me up so i'm going to play into that do you know what you want me to watch 80s bullshit we'll watch some 80s bullshit but we'll watch some better 80s bullshit than this so whoa too far um (laughs) so this was um december um 88 uh and it was sandwiched in between um Survivor Series and the Royal Rumble so we're going to the 89 Royal Rumble uh, and we're oh, going to okay. watch we're going to watch the 
actual Royal Rumble match. I think it was Big John Studd that ends up winning it, but it's an important oh, Rumble. I mean, we are thirty <laughs> odd years in the future, so if you've not watched it by then, you're not going to you're not going to watching it now. But it's an important uh, Rumble because of it's it's uh, part of the breakdown of the Mega Power. So Maxi coughing his guts up once more. So yeah, I want to go to the '89 Royal Rumble. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Oh, that's interesting. I, I'd quite happily watch that. I bet there's plenty of places we can link after that as well, and plenty of characters in there we can discuss. Yeah, sounds good, mate. Sounds good. So, I'm for that, in. CWF, you fuckers. <laughs> uh, I'm going a little bit more recent. I'm heading to the late 90s. And uh, the link basically is the opener to this show. We have three of the Guerrero brothers wrestling, and they are mm-hmm. facing the Rock and Roll RPMs and Cactus Jack as we know as Mick Foley. So I would just like to take the straight leap to a Mick Foley match. And I thought we can go to King of the Ring 98 and see the Hell in the Cell contest with the Undertaker because we've never covered that magazine. I think it's been on a poll before. It has, but it's, it it has been lost. That's no, because the CWF don't like nice things. Uh, <laughs> I bet it lost to something <laughs> absolutely ridiculous as well. You're proper salty now, aren't you? No, I'm just playing into in playing into this. Uh, <laughs> I'm playing into the story that that I hate everything, and yeah. the, the seed of record just wound me. If I'm going to look on this document to see if I can find what match beat the hell in a cell. Uh, the hell in a cell. I mean, I know we yeah. we well shot over, but do you know what? Fuck you all. You keep voting for this '80s wrestling, so you'll uh, you'll put up with it. Whilst you are looking, Max, I will run through once more. <laughs> the options on this week's poll are the Royal Rumble match from 1989 or the Undertaker versus, well, I suppose it would be Mankind, wouldn't it? From King of the Ring 98, Hell in a Cell and all that nonsense there. The poll will be up later in the week, so make sure you vote, retweet and so on. Uh, Magsy, have you got it? No. Okay. So that was a lot of help. <laughs> we'll Thanks put it out on the Twitter. We'll put it out on the Twitter will. later. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. <laughs> uh, let's have a quick scan through the chat, my friend, before we depart, because I, I guarantee we've had people popping stuff in there. We have. Joshua Goodwin. Uh, Hello, sir. In. And he's actually given us a little bit of uh, info into the match, which is amazing. Uh, we love uh, Joshua's insights into the wrestling business. But he says, Kerry was off his head for this match. He cut his arm with his blade in the locker room before the match. Resulted in the spot with the buckle early on. Oh, this or thanks for you can thanks see it for when that. he takes his robe off. You can see the see the cut there and already there. Yeah, yeah. Um, Sharon says hi, Joshua. Question: Are you still king, or can we drop that now? Uh, and then he says you could call him Susan if it if it makes you happy. So Susan Goodwin. Um, <laughs> you all, you know you shouldn't say that to stuff like that to me. We we'll supposed to see you soon, and that will stick. Uh, and he says I been called much worse so what a way to end the chat he's been called much worse called much worse and i will continue to refer to you as king simple as that because that's just what i know you (laughs) as so there we go uh magsy there we go then excellent non-wrestling topic excellent non-wrestling topic coming up next week a little bit of something different to discuss for our wrestling topic as well two great hall of lame entrants i think Mm we've had a bloody good time i know we we say this uh on the pause record every single week but 
we have so much fun doing this show and uh, every week we it just feels like we and the CWF are, are knocking it out of the park. So yeah, we massively appreciate you all for, for being a part of this journey with us. And um, we can't wait to see you again next week. Exactly. mate. Exactly. I'm off now to watch some awesome cog matches from TNA because all this nightmare collective talk has made me sad. Magsy, I'll see you next week, my friend. And follow me on uh, at Podfather Mags. I won't follow you back. Oh, uh, on sake. I yeah, because you missed all nice. that bit, didn't you? Follow him yeah. at SJP Words. Follow the show uh, SJ, oh, ch- at Chain underscore Wrestling. Follow the network at SJP <laughs> World Media. Follow all the rest of the shows. They're good, I've heard, apparently. Um, yeah, so they are good. Stick around. Bye-bye. See you all later. Bye.